Hello there. Welcome to the IWS Podcast. I'm your host, RJ. I have two wonderful guests with me this afternoon. The lovely Maya Hayes and Ariana Jones. How are you all doing today? Good. Yeah, how, are how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having this opportunity and this time. You know, these are really important conversations that I like to engage in. For those of you that have never watched before, this is a podcast focused on mental health. I myself am a licensed mental health counselor. And so I'm here to engage in these really productive conversations on topics that we typically don't really engage in, particularly for the men out there. However, since we have two ladies in studio with us today, we're going to learn a lot about what it's like to be on your side of the field. And hopefully you guys can share a bit about your lived experiences that can give myself and the audience a lot to take away from. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Ariana, I'm going to start with you. I always like to begin by talking about our family dynamics and our family upbringing. It's very important to me because it largely lays the foundation of why we see things the way that we do. So if you wouldn't mind kind of giving us a little bit of background on what was it like growing up in your house with your family? Okay, so at a very young age, um, my parents divorced, actually. So I did live with my parents up until about fourth grade. Okay. And um, then I ended up living with my aunt and uncle. Okay. So I grew up with my cousins, too, as well up until about fifth grade. And then I lived with my dad. So I was basically raised by a single dad most of my Mm. life. Okay, hold on. So you so you you bounced between initially being with aunt uncle, then you later went with dad. Mm -hmm. Do you remember about how old you were when that happened? Uh, Fifth grade. So around 10 years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then after that, um, it was always every other weekend going with my mom. So okay, yeah. Did you ever get any information about why that happened? Why they divorced? No, like um, in terms of, okay, let me take a step back. So typically when parents separate or when you're in a co-parenting situation for the parents that are out there, uh, children typically go with the mom. So I'm curious, like how come you ended up going with your father and not with your mom at that time? Uh, Because my mom was in college and also a little over all over the place. Mm. So instead, my dad stepped up and okay. took my sister and I in. So maybe she wasn't, uh, we could say, in the most stable list of, of places. Exactly my... why we were. I was with my aunt and uncle. Understood. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Maya, if you don't mind sharing with us a little bit about what was it like for you growing up in your with your family? Well, I'm the only girl out of the four of us. Wow. Okay. And my dad and mom weren't ever married. Like, my two younger brothers have a different dad, okay. and he passed away. Okay. But my dad was always still around, so my dad was their father figure. Got it. At one point, or the whole their whole lives. But um, when I turned, no, when I was about to turn 21, my mom had multiple strokes. Mm. So that's when my life kind of turned upside down. Sure, So ever sure. since then, I've always had a weight on my shoulders, like... I feel like I don't ever get a break. <laughs> mm. Do you mind sharing? How old is your mom? She, when it happened, she was 49. Wow, okay. So now she's like 53, two, 52. Okay. So just within the last couple of years or so, you're saying for you it's changed significantly? Oh, yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. And then like I don't even have relationships with my brothers as much as I used to because mm. my mom was that one that held us together. Oh, okay. Yes. So wait, so where are you? I forgot to ask you that too. I'm going to come back to you. Where are you at 
in the hierarchy of your uh, siblings? Like how old? I'm are you? the second middle. I mean, the sec second oldest. Okay, so older brother, you two younger brothers. Yes. Got it. So you're saying out of the four of you, so you don't have a, a fairly good relationship or close relationship, we could say, with any of them. My youngest. Your youngest. Because when it all happened, he was in high school. He was well. They were both in high school, but the one he was a senior, so he was mm. almost there. But he, the, the my youngest, he was freshman year when okay. it all happened. Okay. So I had to take guardian of him, and then my dad is a felon, so he couldn't take anything with my mom because mm. they were never married. And then my older brother, he has his own family. Like he just had a daughter, and they moved to Live Oak. Okay. And that's like two, three hours away. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's do this real quick because I think this is important, especially when we're talking about some of these heavy things. I want to put some things in perspective, both for myself and for the audience. Mm -hmm. So remind us, how old are you? 25. Okay. And you, Ardian? 23. Okay. So I want I want to start. I'm going to go back to you real quick, just because that's really important. So mm -hmm. 25. Let me make sure I'm capturing all this. So within the last three years, so you were roughly what 22. Uh, when it all happened 21 22 that was 20 20 okay 20 uh -huh. so 20 years old your siblings are not quite you guys are maybe not as unified as a we as all a unit. we did was argue okay that. so <laughs> there was a little bit of uh back and forth with everybody yes obviously things something that was completely unexpected happens to mom mm -hmm. you can't necessarily have the support of your dad the other father passed away mm -hmm. and so ultimately you're saying most of it fell on you and then you also had to take custody and guardianship of your youngest brother yes starting at 20. Mom. yes mm -hmm. that's heavy yes. but but number one i appreciate you for sharing that because i think that's important for a lot of us we have to grow up faster than expected mm -hmm. you know i'll give an example uh I'm big on transparency, um, but I'm the I'm the the younger sibling. I only have one sister. She's older, four and a half years older. But my mom passed when I was seven years old from uh, brain cancer, mm -hmm. and so I understand what it's like for a lot of us that lose family members or lose parents or they just can't be there for whatever reason, and people have to step up, you know. So my father was there, but my older sister kind of had to fill in the gap. So I always have a lot of respect for her. Um, trying to do the best that she could but of course she was very very young so it's like what can you expect and so even for you the reason why I ask is because to me that sets the tone for what expectations you might have not only of yourself but like oh it uh, does <laughs> yeah like like what you have to do with your life and it's not just about you as the individual like you mm -hmm. said if you're taking over my sister didn't do this but if you're taking over for a sibling mm -hmm. that's a lot for anybody to have to deal with you know, mm -hmm. so I respect you for stepping up in that way. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, so, so you, so you say you were 23. You have, are you older or younger than your sibling? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let me throw the question back to you. Like I was saying about my sister. So did you at all feel like you needed to step up then if your mom wasn't, let's say as present as your father clearly was? Um, not physically, but mentally. Yeah. Like to be there for her yeah. also being there for myself like i'm asking my aunt where's mom mm. she's not telling me and then my sister's asking me so yeah it, yeah okay. so it meant that's why i take the mental health so serious because yeah i was more aware of that okay. at an early age so yeah mentally sense. physically dad was there mentally mm -mm. 
because he was probably, I mean, to be fair, a lot of men um, were bred to just kind of go in that provider and protector role. My father, I, I say this so often because it's so easy for me to identify another man because I was raised that way. Mm -hmm. I had to learn myself how to not just be that one thing. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of us, that's the way we're raised. Yeah. You know, it just, you go in, you problem solve, and you just make sure everything is more or less financially stable. But yeah, mentally and emotionally, typically we're absent. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I don't, I don't begrudge men and think like we're any less emotional than you all are. I used to think that that was true years ago, but we just are taught that it's not okay. That's why we have such a problem. We're not, we're not encouraged and given this environment to say like, it's okay for you to open up. It's okay for you to talk about these things. We shame a lot of young men. So as they get older, naturally, they run from these conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why majority of the people, the men I work with, or the clients I work with are men because we have a lot of trouble in those areas. Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised by you making that comment about your father, but back to your sister. Um, what's the age difference? Uh, two years and nine months. Okay, so getting close to three. Okay, so you're not super older than her, but it's, <laughs> it's enough that it's quite significant. Enough, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So when you said, so you were growing up with aunt and then you're asking about where's mom at, then your sister's asking you the mm -hmm. same questions. How do you feel like you were able to navigate that? Because obviously you're operating on limited information. Yeah. So that was kind of hard because I kind of had to be straight up with her. Mm. So there wasn't really much I could tell her. Yeah. I mean, I was only in fourth grade. <laughs> sure. Sure. But yeah, when how, we... How about as y'all got older? Like, did you guys have any more, let's say, uh, longer discussions about kind of like, how did we get here? What's been going on? Like, illustrate some more of this for me. Yeah, um, we ended up living with dad up until we both graduated. Okay. Um, so we got a lot closer and a lot more of the secrets came out about like why they got divorced and why dad is this way, why mom was that way. Because mm -hmm. I would always ask questions. Sure, like, what sure. Because as a young child, well, when they were married, there was a lot of fighting. And my sister and I only had each other to go to. Yeah. So, yeah, it just, then after that, um, it actually, I don't really talk to my dad now. My really? sister and I, our relationship grew stronger, but recently it's kind of, um, you know. Like degraded a bit? Yeah. A On lot. different paths. Yeah, we're going two different ways. Hmm. I think it's affecting me more than it's affecting her right now, just because, you know, we were so close. Yeah. But I mean, we kind of did it to each other. I've done okay. it in the past to her. Is there anything, is there something in particular that, or some reason maybe in particular, like why you guys are not talking right now or as much? I mean, I don't want to put it out there like that, but um, I mean, you can... a guy, she, we got a place together, my sister and I. She okay. was in a, in a really like, we were both kind of in the same predicament. Got it. Just not living together. Hmm. And... When we did move in together, she ended up dating, like she ended up getting in another relationship. So now it's kind of like, he kind of took my spot mm. <laughs> with her. She's so, drifting away. Yeah, she's going like, she's going this way, I'm going this way. So you and sister are more separated because of a guy or like in because my, of that relationship to a certain degree. That's how you a feel. Certain, to a certain point. Okay. That's how and then what about you guys and dad? Like, why, why is that relationship where it is but, today? Okay, for me, I can't really speak on her. She's, sure, no, no, she's, just for you. Just yeah, for you. she's closer to him. But okay. me, um, 
I don't know. I feel like my dad and I, we just, we just have a lot of stuff built up from the past. So it's like we both kind of can only stand each other for so long. Mm. And then it just, we both butt heads and it's just like, you know. Are, are these things you said that have built up, these are things you guys have never spoken on? I try to, but it, talking to my dad is like talking in circles. So since he's the elder sure and from a respect standpoint he knows more so yeah it's i get that he does always go there. yeah and it's always <laughs> just a circle so i get that and I, i'm gonna try to connect that to something again uh, i forgot to ask you my you wouldn't happen to be a parent are you i am i have you, a two-year-old son okay how is your son two going on three. Uh, oh, okay beautiful so you guys are right on the same <laughs> yeah. okay so my son's actually going to be 12 on saturday Wow, so, uh, happy but, birthday. Right? I know. <laughs> Shout out to you, Jaden. Um, but, well, thanks, Jaden. Yeah, yeah. So I, I brought that up because that's one of those things I talk a lot about on this platform as well because <clears throat> like I co-parent. Mm -hmm. And I also work with a lot of parents. And I notice for a lot of us, there's situations that happened to us when we were younger. It could be de degrading relationships with our parents. Mm -hmm what I think happens a lot is there's a lot of experience and, and wisdom that we end up missing out on. And then as parents, we end up kind of falling into the same pitfalls with our kids. We can, right? And then we put the risk of that relationship with them. And I say it like that because in my opinion, you all can tell me if you agree and you don't have to, we have the responsibility to cultivate the relationship with the child. It's not the other way around. What would you say? Right, we say that again. I said for us as parents, mm -hmm. it is our responsibility to cultivate and create the relationship between us and our children. Definitely. Yeah. I totally agree because um, I'm really the only parent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I say that because, and I like connecting things and themes. Okay. So when you mentioned earlier about your dad, when I think about, okay, parents that are physically present but mentally and emotionally absent, right? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this is my experience. Unfortunately, physical presence doesn't ensure a relationship. There's no guarantee just because you're there every day, like we're sitting down here, right? And we're having meals every day. That doesn't guarantee a relationship. That does not predict a good relationship. It actually requires you to talk. It does, because that's what happened to me and my dad. He was exactly like that. Mm. My dad too. You're here, you're paying the bills, but where are you? Right. And my I'm, father was no different. And I'm asking you for help and I just don't get it. Right. And that's what I mean. That's mm -hmm. why, and I got, it's beautiful that we're all parents so we can appreciate this. And for the parents out there, hopefully you guys are taking something from this. I think a lot of us have that confused. Like I've literally had to challenge parents who like blame their kids. Like, well, I don't understand why he doesn't come talk to me. I don't understand why she doesn't want to talk to me about this yeah. issue. And I'm like, listen, you have to create the comfort mm -hmm. people in general right people in my experience do not just go talk to somebody that they don't know or they don't feel comfortable with mm -hmm. is that fair for me to say mm -hmm. i say that to my dad to this day okay because him and my older brother they and i'll be like you need to you're the you're his you correct and, you and i agree it's our responsibility why because they didn't ask to be here mm -hmm. we made them be here Mm -hmm. So we have the responsibility to make sure that we create an open and inviting environment so that they want to share. You can't make anybody share. Mm 
Right. Mm -hmm. Even your kids, even when they're young. And let me touch on one more thing, just because this is something I like to always get to, because especially because your kids are young. Mm -hmm. My son's a little little older now. (laughs) A lot of parents get it confused, this concept of control. Because I've had to challenge a lot of parents on this idea, too, where they think that they control their children. And I have to tell them, you don't. You never have control. The only people we control, I would argue, is ourselves. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But... When our kids are really small, I felt like this because my dad's, he's a big military guy. Um, I was intimidated until I was about 16. So I would do anything he told me to do because I was just, quite honestly, I was scared. Mm -hmm. But then there comes a point where that don't matter no more. And now all of a sudden that control seems like it's vanished. Mm -hmm. I would make the point, to me, it's not about control. It's more about influence. When your kids are really small, the influence seems so strong that it damn near looks and feels like control, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's because they're small. Then they start getting bigger. Do either of you have boys? They're both boys. Okay, okay. All right, shout out to all the sons. <laughs> um, boys can be a handful. Not that they're worse than girls. They're just different challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly, I'm sure, I haven't fully dealt with it yet, but I feel it coming. Um, particularly when hormones come into play and puberty comes into play and adolescence comes into play. When they're small, it's, it's a little easier. Mm-hmm. But I'm making that point because, again, it's our responsibility to make those relationships so they want to come and talk to us about things. What I see a lot happen to young boys, and it always starts when they're small, is we'll say things like, like let's say, I know you, you guys don't have one, but let's just say we all had daughters mm-hmm. and, and they're all playing right now and they, and they fall, mm-hmm. right? We're gonna be, oh, okay, sweetie, come here. Sit down, what's wrong? I'm gonna rub their knee, right? You wanna put some... Put some peroxide on it, put a little Band-Aid on it, right? <laughs> and then if it's our sons, what do we do? Get up and stop crying. Yep. I don't want stop those tears, man. Wipe it up. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Why do we do that? Some of us don't even recognize that we tell our sons that. Mm-hmm. And then this is the crazy part. And then we're shocked when they're older and they're in a relationship or they want to date a woman. And they're like, mom, dad, she wants to talk about all this feeling stuff. So I just run. I don't want to talk about that. It makes me super uncomfortable. Right? It started when they were small. I never thought of it that way. And again, it's different because, and I don't expect you all to fully know that because you're not men. Mm -hmm. So you don't know what it's like to be a little boy, but you are raising young men. So I do think it's important to illustrate that point. I like to talk about it a lot. It's the reason why I'm extremely careful how I talk to my son. Because I know what it's like to be disrespected. I know what it's like to be physically abused, masking as consequences and discipline. I know what that's like. Because that's all I that's all I dealt with. I know there's better ways to handle things. Mm-hmm. And particularly when you have young men, this is an area I'm challenging all of us in because this starts with us. We actually have the ability to make this better. Me, you, and you, and all of you out there that have sons, we have the opportunity to make this better. But it starts now. Mm-hmm. So when they do have those feelings, allow it to come out. Don't shame them. Don't make them feel bad about it. Don't use these words, and I'm not gonna repeat them all, but don't throw those words out there that make them feel disrespected and diminished as a person. Everybody wants to feel. Mm -hmm. Everybody should be allowed to feel. Do you guys disagree with anything that I just said there? No. Actually, it makes sense why my dad was the way he was raising us because he had a dad growing up telling him to just push it all down suck it up yep 
a lot of us do, unfortunately. My, that's the, and we're going to get into this obviously as we continue talking. That's the nuance. That's the gray I mentioned to you guys before we started. Mm-hmm. We're all imperfect people. Mm-hmm. All of us. Everybody deserves grace to a certain degree. Everybody deserves patience and understanding. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that it wipes away things that you may have done that hurt me mm-hmm. or disrespected me or made me feel less than. It doesn't wipe any of that. We're not excusing behavior, okay? Mm-hmm. But it does allow for an opportunity for me to understand and learn why are you that way? Why did you treat me the way that you did? And then maybe when I realize like, oh, you had a parent that treated you like that, maybe in a twisted sort of way, I got a slightly better version than you did. Mm-hmm. Still wasn't good enough. I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. But maybe that was the best that you could do at that time. I still want us to be better, mm-hmm. but I can recognize maybe that's what they had to deal with. Because again, no, no child asked to be born. Mm-hmm. They're born into whatever they're born into. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's a fair statement? For sure. Okay. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. I just wanted to, <laughs> well, I just wanted to emphasize that. That's a point too, because growing up, my dad, he would always like blame us for you know, I cook, I clean, I do all this, like, as you should as a parent, right? Sure. You know, so that was very frustrating. Like, she's my best friend. So I would always go venting to her about it. Like, <laughs> I didn't ask to be here. Like you said, I, I didn't. So I, as a parent, would never throw my responsibilities in his face. Right. Because that makes absolutely no sense. No, it, it, <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, I'm all for giving children responsibility like my son has responsibility he just just get to do whatever he wants to do all the time Mm -hmm. but i think it it needs to scale it needs to be appropriate right you don't ask a two-year-old to do what a 10-year-old can do because that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. crazily enough for some of us that's exactly what some parents do they put these expectations on a child that can't match it and then they're mad that they can't do it Mm -hmm. that's why i talk so much which we'll get into later when it comes to dating That's why I talk so much about expectations. Sometimes we're expecting things from somebody that they can't give you. So then who gets frustrated? We do. Mm -hmm. Because we're the ones that put it on on the other person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll save that one. That's a good one. Yeah, we'll save that one. So (laughs) I want to go back to the sibling sibling conversation real quick because we're talking a little bit about the household. So you gave us a bell. Maya, I want to come back to you. So it was, you said you three siblings, mm-hmm. mom. So how is it going? Let's say almost like pre and post stroke. Cause that's where you said things change, right? Mm-hmm. So before then, how would you describe the relationship between you and your siblings and your mom or everybody who was in the house? We are, we are. Okay. So my youngest, the, my youngest brother, we were always, we never really argue like that. And when we did, we were talking like within the next couple hours. Okay. The second youngest, when we would argue, we weren't talking for like a week or two. My oldest, the oldest, when we would argue, we wouldn't be talking for a month or two. Okay. So from top down, it's like the time got grew bigger in terms of when we actually engage in whatever the issue was. And the only reason why we would start talking again is because of my mom. So my mom really was the glue to all of us. I got you. So did she kind of make you all deal with it? Or like, how does that, how did that go? Like if, if you, re- if you reflect back on a, on an issue that maybe you had, let's say with your oldest brother, cause mm-hmm. I had the most time, how does she bring you all back together to actually make sure you guys deal with it? She would just, cause we're in Florida and her family's in California. Okay. And she has, well, it's only her and her sister. Got it. 
So her and her sister are really, really, really tight. So when she sees us not being that tight. Sure, sure. It was it was probably an issue for her because she obviously valued that type of relationship. So I would put my my pride aside and because she was always saying, "What if she's not here?" Sure, sure. Which is it's important. I mean, listen, I don't I know you got I only have one sibling, but I have a huge family on both of my sides. So I I value it tremendously, and that's before you talk about children. But those, again, like we talked about, those relationships, those connections, they all take work. Right. We all have to put in the work. We have to put in the effort to not just create them, but we have to maintain them. Mm -hmm. Right. That's probably what I feel like what your what your mom is saying. Mm -hmm. Like, but it also we're all on like a such an, a different age level. You sure. know what I mean? So that that the, the, that doesn't help at all either. It, it can't make it harder because there's like different levels of maturity. There you go. Right. So it's <laughs> like, all right, you maybe you're supposed to be more emotionally mature but then all the way down to your youngest is like come on like what can i what can i expect i mean sometimes you can be surprised there's some really young beautifully mature young people out there um but you know for most people that might not be the expectation mm -hmm. so but again so your point is mom valued her relationship with her sister a lot so her expectation was that when you all have an issue you guys need to work it out yes. and because she was there very present she made sure that happened Okay. So then now that she's had those incidents, now it's up to you all individually to go seek out that other person and try to make it happen. Is that what you mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I don't have that specific experience, but I did have a similar experience about two years ago. One of my grandmas, or my last one, I should say, on my mom's side, she passed two years ago, mm -hmm. but she was like, she was 98. She had a beautiful life. But one of those thoughts was that she was like the centerpiece to the family. And so everybody would always come because she was there. So she, like you said, could you use the word glue? And like, that's the first person I thought of mm -hmm. in my life. She made sure like people coming from out of the country, around the country, everybody aggregates there. And then when that person's no longer there, now we're a little more fragmented, right? Because then you have to put, it's harder. It is. Because you have to make the effort to be like, hey, I need to see you. We need to come together. We need to talk blah 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 mm -hmm. so i can appreciate i hope that that was a, a easy to understand example of sometimes there's a centerpiece in the family that makes it easier for folks to get along work together see each other so on and so forth mm -hmm. and when it's not there it's fundamentally harder mm -hmm. is that kind of touching on what you were saying exactly what i was saying okay back to you ariana so with your sister so now how would you describe the relationship i know you said it's a little bit distant because of the partner but like how much has it changed just because of that relationship <laughs> we're supposed to be living together but it's like i don't see her at all <laughs> so it's like a lot it changed a lot okay so you so you physically technically live in the same space but she's not there enough so you don't run into each other we have opposite schedules and then uh... like when i do come home from work she's leaving Oh, okay. Coming and going. Yes. Got it. It's like a in and out house for her, basically. Okay. So that so then that sounds like that touches on exactly what we were just saying. Mm -hmm. Like to maintain that relationship, then like some something has to give, right? right. Otherwise, we're just going to continue to Drift. move away from each other. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, my sister and I know each other, mm -hmm. so it's kind of like I'm just gonna give you your space right now. Okay. And I'm just gonna like continue to go on. Let me ask you a question. To that point, how much space is too much space? Um, well, 
yeah. I mean, I do want to continue to have that relationship, but yeah. to me right now, I'm just gonna, you know, I don't know. That the, the reason it's why really I, hard to. <laughs> I, I asked because I sense that that uncertainty, mm-hmm. like in how you're explaining it, and. Again, to what me and Maya were just talking about, I know that relationships will ultimately degrade if nobody puts in the effort. So there has to kind of get to this uncomfortable point where I have to actually sit you down, right? Mm-hmm. And I have to look at you and I have to say, listen, the status of our relationship, the way that we connect, the amount of time that we spend together, it really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, it seems like we're not able to get on the same page and actually put in the effort to not only maintain what we've built so far in our life but also we're going to keep changing and evolving over time i don't want us to get to a point where we stop communicating we stop seeing each other i don't know what's going on in your life well that yeah well that helped me answer it a little bit better because Mm. um my mom and her sister don't talk and they haven't talked in the last seven years Mm. and we always promised each other we would never get to that point yeah and then sitting down and talking to her i think is very hard for me right now because i'm more emotional about it since it's so like it's just it we're in the middle of it happening sure so it's easy for me to be comfortable with her and just act out on her like i'm angry with you right now Mm -hmm. so that's why i tell maya i just want to give space right now so i'm able to sit down and talk and know how i feel and why sure you know so see the, the reason why i asked you about the space I'm, I'm i'm gonna throw something out there you might not agree but the reason why i asked you about the space is because the feeling i get from you explaining that right now is that you're uncomfortable with that confrontation so you're allowing yourself to avoid it mm-hmm. and a lot of us do that like we don't yeah. deal with the things that are it, it's clear as day right there's an elephant in this room i feel it you feel it everybody knows it but we won't deal with it because it's like, ah, oh, so uncomfortable, man. I just don't wanna, I don't wanna cry. I don't wanna put it out there. I don't wanna get mad. Mm-hmm. But I wanna go back to what you said a second ago. But then you said, yeah, but then I get angry. Yes. Right? How does that build up for us? Because if I'm letting these things build up over time, there's only one major outcome in that case. You're going to get upset mm-hmm. because new things are, are going on top of the old things. So now when I look at you, I'm not even thinking about just the original thing I was upset about. I'm thinking about all the other stuff that built on top of that. Mm -hmm. Now we got to go through all of it. And guess what? (laughs) The more time that we let go on, the more issues that we're letting build up. So then that can set the tone, like you said, for your mom and your aunt, where we don't speak anymore. That's a good point. Because the reason why they don't speak is I ask my mom too. Mm -hmm. Oh, so much time has already gone on. What's the point? You know, it's those issues, man. But at the same time, that's why I don't want it to get to that point with my sister. But I also just know how we both are. And just right now, I know she's in that narrow space where she doesn't see everything. She's just sure. fixated on her and her boyfriend right now. So I feel like if I Which even happens. do sit down and talk to her, I've been there. You know, yeah. I know what it's like to be in that honeymoon phase. Everything. Of course. Come yeah. on. A lo- a lot Everybody of does. A lot of us have. It's fair. So I just don't want to feel like I'm getting in the middle of that, but he's getting in the middle of us. So I just, I just don't think she will understand where I'm coming from right now. True. Let me throw another thing out there. See, I love, I love doing gentle yet firm confrontation. When you're making that comment now, a lot of it sounds like it's hypothetical. You're saying... True. 
I don't think she's going to take that. Like I'm listening to the words you're using, right? And it makes sense because you don't know. I don't and you don't know because you've never actually talked to her about those things. Yeah. So my point to you and to everybody out there would be ask them. Mm -hmm. Don't assume. If you have an issue with anybody, go deal with it. You don't always have to deal with it in the moment when you're emotional, you're going to lash out. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Maintain your composure. Mm -hmm. But don't delay it indefinitely. Because mm -hmm. I can guarantee you it's not going to get better. It hasn't I, it, because it can't yeah. if, if my, if we have an issue right today mm -hmm. and then I have to see you in a month, <laughs> I'm inherently going to be more upset with you next month than I am right now. Mm -hmm. Cause I've had to stew on it mm -hmm. for a month. Then add time. Now multiply that six months, a year, five years. Mm -hmm. That's how we get stuck. We get emotionally kind of stuck and stunted. Mm -hmm. Cause I see you, I just look at your face and I'm like, Oh man. She probably don't even remember that she did that to me and we never dealt with it. And she's going to come in here smiling at me, acting like there ain't no problem. <laughs> and then, and then I come in, right. And I start talking slick. Okay. You're, you're like, yo, what's, what's the problem? Why are you behaving like that? You know what you did? No, actually I don't. You know what you did. Do you want to talk about it? No, I don't, but I need you to apologize. For what? Uh, see, here we go. And then it just degrades, mm -hmm. right? Now we're just, again, we're just avoiding each other. Mm -hmm. All of that is to maintain some degree of comfort mm -hmm. of not dealing with it. But this is the bigger picture thing. I'm actually allowing myself to be in greater discomfort down the road because our relationship is not where I want it to be. But I'm not doing anything to make it better. Right. And you know what I mean? That example... I've had that conversation with my sister. That's good advice. Yeah. I actually, I'm the one that's sitting there stewing. Mm. She's the one coming home. Like everything's okay. Yeah. And that's why I say that conversation. I just know it would go downhill, but you're right. Absolutely it's, it's, right. It's, it's better only to put it out there. Yeah. Cause, Especially right Cause now. this is, this is the wild part. And I'm telling you, I will get into it in a little bit when I talked about bias, because we really think the world operates based on how we see it. Mm -hmm. So when I'm sitting down with you to go back to the example I just did with Maya, I'm doing all this presupposing that maybe she don't want to talk about it. Maybe she's not going to listen to me. Maybe she's going to make me feel stupid for even bringing it up. Mm -hmm. But what if I actually said it to her and she was like, yo, sit down. Tell me what the issue is. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you don't care. No, for real. I do sit down. Talk to me. Tell me what what's going on. Cause mm -hmm. I feel there's something off. Like when I sit around you or I'm in your presence, there feels like there's the energy's off. Mm -hmm. What's wrong? That's going to get you a more favorable response. Yeah. But part of it is also that we don't approach these things <laughs> in the best way. Cause that's why I talked about being emotional. So we're not able to maintain our composure. If I come at you and I start screaming or cursing at you or being disrespectful, what do you expect? I feel like that's why we avoid it though. Right. Cause then we might say something like, well, if I, if I have to talk about it, I'm about to give it all to you. Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of what I was just trying to do, I was trying to do a role play there. Like I have to sit down with you and actually get to the heart of what's bothering me. Can I add something? Sure. About growing up in our household. Mm -hmm. I feel like the reason why I feel like I would lash out and do that because I grew up in a household where we would end up, okay, we're going to sit down and talk about our problems. Like you made the example, 
but our family would end up just yelling. Everybody's trying to talk every, over everybody. Mm. Nothing gets solved. Right. And that's just how her and I grew up. Sure. With our father. He can't talk. You know that. He's just constantly like, if he's triggered, he's going to yell. So I feel like. So he didn't set the best example. No. Which I can, I can respect that because I didn't get a good example. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this before. Like my father was, uh, I think he had a lot of things that he never dealt with. And so he took it out on me and my sister. That's how so my dad was. Yeah. we didn't learn appropriate ways of communicating. We actually just kept to ourselves. Like I was the, the quiet student. I just did what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk back. Like I said, I was afraid. Mm-hmm. So there was no level of communication. It was, he proclaimed something. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just shake my head. It wasn't until I had to get older and I recognized, like I said earlier about the situation with boys, mm-hmm. that's not healthy. Because then what can happen is when we want to sit down, we want to be in a relationship with you two lovely ladies Mm -hmm. and you want to talk about stuff. More often than not, women tend to want to talk about things more than men do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But if I wasn't raised in that type of environment, what do you think I'm going to do? Like I said earlier, I'm going to run because I don't know how to do it. And I usually give an example like, I know we're kind of skipping ahead. Remind me the the program you you're about to graduate from uh daytona state radiology program okay so let's say i wanted to go into that field Mm -hmm. and do that job Mm -hmm. right but i didn't go through your program would you imagine i'm going to feel comfortable going to a hospital or a a healthcare facility doing that job with zero training no would you absolutely not (laughs) right so it's no different than if i've never been coached or seen a good example, had a good model Mm -hmm. of what healthy communication and dialogue looks like, particularly between a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. How do you think I'm gonna handle that? Mm -hmm. Probably poorly. And if I don't learn how to do it, Mm -hmm. like I had to do, which is why you go to therapy, then I'm gonna keep repeating the same mistakes. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So I understand, that's why I gave that story, why a lot of us struggle in that area but i think we can do better and i think we must do better particularly for those of us that are parents and then also for those of us that want relationships and healthy partnerships because otherwise how do we navigate any type of issue that's going to arise which it will Mm -hmm. we have to know how to be able to engage in that and not call each other out our name be disrespectful be rude because that doesn't fix anything Mm -hmm. is that a fair statement that is fair. Yes. So my challenge to you in that regard would be you should sit down with your sister. I will. Like so, much sooner rather than later. I would not delay that indefinitely because your relationship is then going to further degrade over time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're allowing, again, you said you're the one stewing. I am. So you're the one that's going to be living there. She's like, I'm living my life. And you're like, why is it like this? Yeah. That's exactly how it is. It is. <laughs> so anyways, all right. I think we've gotten a pretty good, I appreciate everything y'all have given me so far. Like we have a good understanding of kind of like where you guys are coming from. Mm-hmm. So now I want to talk a little bit about cultural aspects. So what I mean by that is a lot of us don't necessarily all grow up here. I don't presume everybody grew up in the States, but 
even for those of us that do, there's also this thing I talk about where we have subcultural groups. Mm -hmm. So for example, my dad's side of the family is black. My mom's side of the family is Latino. So there's aspects of their family, their traditions, their values that they usually imprint on us when mm -hmm. we're growing up. Sometimes some of us don't grow up with those side of the family, so we don't even identify with that because we don't even know what it means. So my question was going to be, and I'll start with you this time. Do you feel like there are any type of, again, traditions, values, morals that culturally that you may have learned from your family and whoever raised you that still shape the way you see other people today? Culturally? Yes. And you can break that down. You can start by saying like, how do you identify? How do you even see yourself? What's your family background? Um, my mom is Native, Native American and Mexican. Okay. And my dad is Caucasian. Okay. And my mom was raised in Arizona. Okay. Moved here at 18. My dad has based pretty much, he's from Arkansas, but he's lived here all his life. Pretty Got much. it. Um, I don't, I don't know. My family wasn't really traditional like no. that. No. So they didn't, they weren't certain. Uh, let me give an example. So on both sides of my family, most black people and Latinos know this, um, big into church. Religion is usually a pretty big staple in the household. So it's pretty typical to go to church. And when we are having issues, either within ourselves, within our relationships, within the family dynamic, we typically go to church to pray, to talk to faith leaders to try to help us resolve things. But that's a uniquely cultural experience because it's something that those groups tend to do a lot. Mm -hmm. And then they have us, I don't know if you all did that, but I was raised in the church and both of those types of churches. So that was my lived experience. We have a problem, you go to pray and you go talk to your pastor mm -hmm. or a deacon. Mm -hmm. Do you have any experiences, not necessarily religious, but anything like that, that you either held on to, you still believe is an important part of you today? Or maybe you were raised with and you're like, I don't really deal with that anymore. Um, my mom was more like that. Okay. But um, like I said, I was raised by my dad. Sure. So my dad never was a church guy. He never really went to church or anything. He just, I believe in God. So, you know, you know that's that. In a discussion. Yeah. That's how he is. Okay. Um, my mom, when we started getting closer, I, I don't know. The relationship with my mom is really rocky, her okay. and I. But when we were on good terms, she would always push, you know, read your Bible, pray, all this. Mm. She still does till this day. Um, she fasts. She does all that stuff. Okay. So, so. she's so she's still fairly heavy in it. Yes. Very, it. She actually gets heavier into it as she gets older. Okay. Um, me, I love going to church. I love praying and I do pray and everything like that. Mm. But traditionally, not really. No. Okay. Like, it wasn't really a big, big thing growing up with my dad, no. Okay. And my dad was just more of a go to work, come home, cook you dinner, and yeah. do that. Okay. Let me build on that now, because you did mention a bit about your background. Was there any, this is, I'm, I'm going to mention why I'm asking this in a moment. Was there any questions for you, or maybe you and your sister, about how you identify yourself from a cultural in terms of an ethnicity standpoint um yeah i was always kind of confused on that for me I, I could imagine because my dad would always just be like oh make him sound like a asshole 
can we cuss on this? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't want to make him sound like an asshole, but he was always like, you're white. Like, you're white. And then mm. I'm like, but I'm actually really not. And then growing up in school, I would get bullied for being Mexican. Mm. So I never really knew what to say I sure was see i met her in fifth grade and she it took her the longest to tell people she was mexican i always and yeah i never understood why is it because it's a big you said you got bullied so i imagine there's some shame oh uh, uh, yeah it, if it wasn't for her to just be like you should be proud of that mm. you know i mean she's witnessed it yeah like there are Mexican jokes out there. Yeah, but of course. Friendly. Of course, especially you know we, we can be honest, so especially it, in today's yeah. society. It was kind of hard for me to identify as what I am. I actually started saying I was Mexican in high school. Hmm. So listen, it happens. That was kinda, that was kind of hard for me. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I'm gonna ask you the same question, but I want to put something out there too. Again, also because this happens to impact our children. Mm-hmm. And you all might appreciate this, hopefully. Um, so, like, me and my father, like, we didn't talk about this either. And so, like, on my mom's side, like, majority of them speak Spanish. So, like, my mom's side, my dad's side couldn't really communicate all the time. Mm-hmm. So, me and my sister were, like, in the middle a lot. Mm-hmm. But they're all, all great people. But my point was going to be identity is a very complex and fluid thing that is hard to kind of grasp, mm-hmm. you know. I actually would make the case to you all because I'm a little older than y'all. I'm 36. Uh, I think it takes about your entire 20s to really figure out who you are. Truly. And so when you talk about things like acceptance, when you were talking about some shame there, mm-hmm. acceptance is really hard because sometimes we maybe don't like aspects of who we are because of how we've been perceived by other people. So to your point, if I got bullied for being Latino, then that might bother me and I would say like no I'm going to reject that part of myself even though it is a part of me but I'm going to reject that because I don't want people to look at me differently Mm -hmm. right I understand that that's difficult particularly when you're talking about people which is happening more who come from families of different backgrounds right so I mentioned earlier like so my father and I we didn't have that conversation so naturally it was very very difficult the way I grew up was you identify the way your father, whoever your father is. So That's father's black. So it's like, you're black. I just learned that. That's why and, my dad would a, always say. End of story. End yeah. of story. Um, but it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for some, <laughs> it's not that simple. It doesn't make sense to me because you're getting carried by your mom. She's only yeah. giving birth to you. Right. Well, I always went by my mom, honestly. I think part of it has to do with like, you know, our kind of naming traditions. You know, typically we take our father's names mm-hmm. um, or wives moms take the name of their spouse mm-hmm. so then the children take that name obviously it's, it's a little different now but traditionally that's the way it's been mm-hmm. and especially if you talk about from a religious standpoint that's absolutely the way it's supposed to oh, be yeah. and so i think that's why that kind of naming convention exists but again my point was you know we can put the name stuff to the side it's more about how do i see myself do we come from backgrounds where we actually engage in those conversations mm-hmm. in my experience we don't because mm-hmm. we did it and it's it's kind of interesting when i thought about it because i'm like my dad can't really tell me what to do in this situation because he doesn't know what it feels like but there could have been more support i'm gonna add another layer in there because this is also important because we live in america mm-hmm. me and my sister don't look the same she's uh, a lot more fair skin she's like a little bit lighter than you mm-hmm. and so that also created challenge more so for my sister than for me because she didn't necessarily feel like she could identify with that side of herself because people it's not immediately noticeable right when you look at somebody and we got to be honest everybody judges yeah 
So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come from this idealistic world that like oh no we're not gonna look at somebody and say this is what it appears to be, mm -hmm. but we're talking about nuance. We have to be a little more curious and a little more inquisitive about how people identify. Just because they look one way, don't mean that's what it is. Right. Right. Especially nowadays. Mm -hmm. And again, so we're all we're all parents. So then it gets more complicated when you think about your children. So like for example, real quick. Uh, actually, let me ask you because I, I skipped you. I'm sorry, Maya. Uh, how do you identify? What's the what's the parts of your your background, your ethnic background from your family? My mom's black and my dad's white. Okay. Okay, beautiful. So we got a nice little array here. Mm -hmm. All right. So with your son, mm -hmm. what's his background? His father is white. Okay. So he does have little curls, but I don't think he looks as black. Sure. You know what I mean? And I get mistaken for a Latino all the time. Sure. I can imagine. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. How about you? How's your, what's, what's your son's background? Um, Puerto Rican and Italian. So that's... So he's more... He's more fair-skinned than all of us. Like okay. he, blonde, okay, white skin. Yeah. Okay, and my yeah, my son's even more mixed up than me. And mm -hmm. so, the good thing I would say is that we all come from those backgrounds where we have to reckon with that, mm -hmm. you know, because we have to we have to learn how to deal with it because maybe our parents didn't have to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I would make the case we need to learn how to do that because they're going to have questions at some point. So we need to have some idea of how do you answer those questions? Well, this is what I would put out there. Just because your family's from certain places doesn't mean you have to identify that way. Like I said earlier, I've met some great people even on this show where, uh, for example, I met one woman where she grew up in um, like rural Mississippi and she was black and white, mm -hmm. um, but her, she didn't grow up with her dad's family, her black side of her family. So she didn't really identify with it. She looks visually like that, but she didn't identify with it because she didn't understand what that meant. That's how my brother is. Okay. So that's what I mean when I say like, I don't, even when you say like, okay, these are the parts that make up me. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I know that that person embraces all of it because they might not know. Like mm -hmm. I'm very connected with both sides of my family. So I'm, I'm rooted in both, mm -hmm. but everybody didn't have that experience. So when I think about the kids, I'm like, it's good for us to start to answer some of those questions for ourselves now so when they're older and they do have those questions, we have a better way of how to answer them. I like to ask you though, what do you think about just that as a concept? Cause I know we we're going pretty deep right now. How do you feel like you'll navigate that with your son? I don't know, honestly, that, that always scared me to be honest. Mm. Like, I don't know, a part of me kind of was glad he didn't look as black. Mm. Cause I see my brothers go through it. Sure, sure. Like at one point, my little brother, he didn't even want to take his clothes off mm. at the beach and stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know. This is just when I go back to my mom. I wish I had my mom. Yeah. And then his father, he's white. So he's so, he says he's not oblivious to it, but he so is. Yeah. So. That's tricky. I kind of want to go, because I don't know my mom's family from California. Yeah. So part of me wants to go there and figure it out there. I Absolutely. I'm not going to figure it out here, I feel like. That's fair. And I, I really would encourage that too. I think like, I don't know. I think that that connection for us is usually pretty important, even if we were, were missing it, mm -hmm. just to know. And then even that, that comment that you just mentioned, like, again, we got to be real here. 
we know that different people get treated differently. Like we gotta be honest. I've gone through my fair share, so I know. Mm-hmm. But my point in, in talking about that question, number one is to try to understand even that comment, mm-hmm. how culture helps shape perception and perception shapes reality. So for a lot of us, we may grow up in environments and grow up in places where being from certain backgrounds is not celebrated. It's denigrated mm-hmm. to your point about being Mexican. For a lot of us myself, maybe it was because I'm black. So you try to hide from it. Mm-hmm. You try to pretend it's not there. You try to downplay it. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we're entering a place in society where we can start to celebrate these differences more and not make people feel shame or embarrassment Mm-hmm. simply because their family comes from a different place. And that's the thing. My mom was so good at that. I was never ashamed of anything, but I don't know how she did it. Mm. Like I can't, I don't, I don't remember how she did it. That's why I wish I can ask her. Yeah. Hey, well, I think some of it, I mean, you said all that happened what, when she was, you said 49. Mm-hmm. She had a long time to figure out who she was. That's probably why. Like mm-hmm. I feel extremely confident in myself and I'm 13 years younger than her. So I could just imagine if I was 50, like, man, I'd be a beast out here because I because <laughs> I would want people to feel I'd want people to feel comfortable and confident in who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about to me picking and pointing people against one another. It's like we're all enemies. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's historically you know kind of how it's been, mm-hmm. and I think that we're entering this beautiful place soon where diversity is being more appreciated and not simply uh, cast to the side as if you're less than for example if you're not white or you're treated as less than Mm -hmm. and i think that those conversations that we can have with our children will help lead the the change for that right because if they understand the complexities and the nuance about people being from different backgrounds and not feeling any type of way towards them Mm -hmm. that's going to encourage when they get older and their generation and when they have children it's only going to get better Mm -hmm. because they're like yeah man it's no big deal Mm-hmm. What do y'all think about that? I hope I'm alive when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. I probably won't be, but hopefully we'll see a significant change whenever my, my time comes. But mm-hmm. I am always hopeful. I do think that if we put in the effort now, we can see results. Mm-hmm. I absolutely think that that's possible. But again, we have the privilege yeah. of raising young people that can be a part of that change. Mm-hmm. They don't have to know a lot of the things that we may know. Mm-hmm. They don't have to have those traumatic experiences that some of us have to go through mm-hmm. that make us look within and not necessarily feel pride when we see ourselves. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyways, reading that one out. <laughs> so we're, we're going to pivot a little bit now. <clears throat> now we're going to start talking more about the relational aspect of the conversation. Please, I'm done crying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about how your experiences have been like so far. So Maya, I'm going to start with you. Up to this point, how would you say your relationship experiences have sort of shaped how you have dated historically? What do you mean? Like how I started? Like when did you start? How have your experiences been with partners up to this point? As much as you can, as much as you feel comfortable sharing. Well, I don't, I'm kind of confused though. Um, you're talk- okay, so when I first started dating, mm-hmm. I noticed I was dating guys with no car, no money, no nothing. Like, they weren't so low, doing anything Low for expectations. Themselves. Yes. Okay, got it. 
the guy I'm with now, he's the first guy I've ever been that actually had a car, actually had a job, is actually doing stuff rather than me doing it. Okay. So he has some ambition, some drive, maybe a little goal oriented. Yes. Okay. And that's kind of what driven to me, to him. Mm. Wait, let me, let me ask you a question because you made me think of something. When you talked earlier about the, the kind of the role that had to shift between you and your family, mm-hmm. it seemed like you sort of had to, you took on a lot of that responsibility almost from a motherly place. Is that fair for me to say? Yes. Do you think that sometimes when you sought people out, how do I want to say this? Do you think that sometimes when you sought people out, like you were, because you got to this place where you're thinking about providing safety, security, support, love, affection, connection, whatever these things are mm-hmm. that you kind of had to step up for. Do you think that you also saw that, sought that out with men? After what happened to my mom? Yes. 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 Okay. For sure. Cause you mentioned the comment. You're like, yeah. Cause basically we're saying like the expectation, the bar was low. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But then when I think about the way you had to sort of grow up faster, mm-hmm. right. It may, it, it just get, you gave me this thought that maybe you're so used to providing mm-hmm. that you're like, well, I don't really want that, but at least I'm somewhat used to it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm even allowing myself to entertain this type of guy. What do you think about that? You said it nicely. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, I'm stuck. Okay. Okay. No, that's fair. So how about let's, let's fast forward now to where you're at now. Cause you said this guy clearly, so he has greater expectations but he's also demonstrated it so Mm -hmm. what made you seek him out why why did you pick him let's say he seemed like he he was there for me more Mm -hmm. he wasn't just there when it was convenient for him he was more of a gentleman good like he was the first guy that ever took me on a date wow believe it or not yeah i was like i was i was 18 when i met him but we didn't start dating until i was 19 20. okay so wait, so okay, so you met him at eighteen, so almost a year and a half, two years later, he wants to pursue you. Mm-hmm. But if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying he actually went about it the right way. Yes, like he picked me up from my house. Never had that happen because again, I never had a guy with a car. So, and then my mom, she liked that too. So like my mom, like good, yeah, my mom never liked any guy I was with. <laughs> so that was a big thing too. Gentlemen, you need to be gentlemen. Courtship's <laughs> important. We'll talk about that too. But I, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. We, we live in a, let me not go on a tangent, but we live in interesting times where there's elements of being traditional that I think are appreciated, but then there's other aspects of it that women maybe aren't appreciating. Mm-hmm. So it can be tricky for guys to kind of know like how much of it I can lean into. Mm-hmm. For example, like what you just said, like picking you up. Greeting mm-hmm. you at the door, opening the doors for you, exactly, things like that. Yes, that's traditional. Mm-hmm. But I think it's hard for some guys because they may not feel that the women are being traditional in the same fashion that they're being expected to be. Oh, I so so it can kind of you know okay. I don't know if you've ever felt like again we're talking we're going to get into expectations. Mm-hmm. I'm big on like, um, and I'll probably say this again: you only expect what you are willing to give. Mm-hmm. So if, if, for example, if I want, if I'm pursuing you, right. And I want good communication with you, I will lead with good communication. Mm-hmm. I demand respect, for example, with anybody that I'm talking to, particularly my son. Mm-hmm. So I will always respect him. Mm-hmm. 
Because if I'm being disrespectful, that's not inviting you to respect me. That's inviting you to disrespect me. Right. right? right. So I got to come at you correct. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm kind of setting myself up to get whatever I'm giving. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So again, so the courtship thing. So when you're talking about being traditional, I think that maybe that's where it's challenging for a lot of guys. They might feel like, hey, like I need you to be willing to be traditional if you want me to be too. But we live in a different time where I so think that's a little tricky. Now my question is, what's traditional for a girl? Like, what do you mean by that? Sure. No, this is a beautiful, beautiful question. And I think there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to answer that, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll give my my somewhat take on it because um, I'm a little older than y'all. Mm -hmm. To me, I'll, I'll kind of give my um, what I would look for. I think myself and a lot of the guys that I have spoken to, when we talk about traditional, the values that, like for example, my father taught me was I need to be able to provide financial safe, safety, stability, and security to the family. Mm -hmm. So I'm comfortable understanding that that's more the most part going to be sitting on my shoulders alone. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to expect her to necessarily have to shoulder majority of that burden. Does that make sense? Yeah. She might do some of it, but the vast majority, and I say majority, I mean like 75% and above is going to be on me. I was raised for that. Mm -hmm. So I understand that. I imagine for women, that's not necessarily the same experience growing up. Mm -hmm. I do have an older sister, so we have talked about it, but again, she doesn't represent all women. Mm -hmm. We're just talking about traditional. Mm -hmm. Then how we carry ourselves. And this is a beautiful example because this is why we start talking about the differences between the generations. Okay. So when we were earlier, we were talking about social media and we're going to get into that question as well. There's expectations I think that men have, but they don't always feel comfortable speaking on because we live in very sensitive times where if certain men say what they really want from their partner, mm -hmm the language gets thrown around like controlling or manipulative or restrictive. And I think it's a lot of times what I hear, because I try to listen and absorb and consume content from both men and women. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I'm trying my best to be balanced here and really trying to be a bridge. That they want their partner, their prospective partner, to carry herself in a certain manner of respect, of integrity, of dignity, of honor, mm -hmm. meaning the way she presents herself. We know that for women, your looks are, to a certain degree, you might not like this word, but to, I think to a certain degree, it's like currency. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of value from the way you are perceived and the way you portray yourself. That's why social media, again, is a thing. Because mm -hmm. a lot of women, not that men don't make any money there, but I think for the, we can say safely, women yeah. make the majority of the money on social media because you're attracting our attention. Mm -hmm. Is that fair before I continue? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let me give you another example building on that. So I had a client. Um, she's actually, she was your age. Mm -hmm. And we were talking at one point about how she portrayed herself on Instagram because she wanted to know, I don't typically look at my client's social media, but she wanted to know how she came off as, right, for a potential partner. Mm -hmm. And so we looked through it. And I gave her my feedback and I was like, listen, I think a lot of these photos are quite revealing. And if I was you, and also to put out more context, she wanted to be married in the next like two to three years. She was revealing herself on Facebook or whatever. On Instagram. Yeah. I mean, a bit. Right. And I, okay. And, this, and again, let's get into the details, right? I love to define words. When I say revealing, I mean like lots of body exposed like bikini pictures bikini pictures going to like raves things like that oh. like you know chest ah. butt, like gotcha. all that stuff is being exposed mm -hmm. i'm not saying like um 
like hyper sexualized but i'm just i'm giving you the perspective of what a lot of men think right men look at that and say this is like the the context i think a lot of men will look at that and say like oh yeah that's attractive for sure like we're visual right men were, were biologically driven that way to seek you all out right but then we're going back to the concept of being traditional like you asked me do i see myself marrying somebody like that probably I not i see because when i see you portray yourself that way it comes across as you needing a lot of attention and validation yeah. and that can create not insecurity but it can create a feeling or an impression to a man that's like i don't want to take that seriously it could be the same way perhaps like you said a moment ago Maya when you're going out with these guys and they ain't got no car mm -hmm. they don't seem like they have any ambition they don't seem like they have any drive mm -hmm. you're like I don't want to take that guy seriously like maybe where you're at now right, right. you're like no you got to come correct I need you to bring more here yeah okay right mm -hmm. so I think for a lot of men they would look at that too like then I need you to come correct like be presentable carry yourself in a manner that you want to be taken seriously and if you don't know ask Mm -hmm. ask and she asked me so I gave her that feedback because I want her to be happy I want her to get what she wants mm -hmm. so I'm like well then you might want to consider carrying yourself differently so I was like you should probably remove these photos mm -hmm. and she did it and it wasn't me trying to tell her like shaming her and saying oh you're a bad woman or you're not allowed to reveal yourself mm -hmm. I asked the deeper question what's the purpose of you sharing this in a public fashion if you had a man that was there that you really appreciated, respected, and value, again, so now I'm kind of getting into the question, does that not matter more than whoever these strange people on the internet are that we don't even know? They have no context for who you are. They don't know what you're about. Yeah. They haven't had the privilege to actually get to know you in that real and authentic way. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that? I feel like I'm going through that now because that's what we we were we, at one point we were arguing about it and like you said I was throwing those words like you're being controlling you're being like you're manipulative but mm -hmm. the way you put it I I see I I, I understand now like it, it makes sense honestly yeah it matters yeah it matters it's it's kind of like uh, that's why I gave the example about how how women can see, perceive men. I love to try to connect those dots because I think that's where sometimes we as men and women, we talk past each other. I think a lot of times we want the same thing, but we just don't communicate it in a way that we both can understand. See, I thought he was just, it was his own insecurities because he's, he wanted me to get rid of social media at one point. Mm. Like, so. But at the same time, it's the way he comes across. Like you said. Of course. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the approach always matters. How mm -hmm. I talk to you always matters. Mm -hmm. See, I'm not saying every, I don't expect everybody to be me, but if this is somebody that I care about, I really got to think about how I'm going to present information to them because mm -hmm. I don't want to come across that way. I'm like, listen, you're your own person. Of course, you can do whatever you want, but you want to be here, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be here. There's expectations that you have of me in order for you to stay here. Is that fair? Yeah. There's expectations I have of you if you want to stay here mm -hmm. that's not control because you're free to leave i'm free to leave mm -hmm. at any point right we can both back out mm -hmm. but we said we want to be here mm -hmm. so these are conditions that we need to fulfill in order for us to both want to be here right. does that make sense that's how i would present it i don't hear a lot of guys presented this way because they come off to me very 
arrogant yes. when they try to talk about it. And mm -hmm. I think this is why I like having these, because it's hard. This is not easy for me to try to always put into words, mm -hmm. right? This is just me absorbing not just content that's out there, but my clients. Mm -hmm. Like I have male clients who've never had relationships before that are my age. I've had women, like I gave you the example that want to be taken seriously, mm -hmm. but they might be upset that they can't do it the way that they want to do it. Mm -hmm. And I say, listen, what did we say earlier in this conversation? Relationships aren't all about you. You can't go into it and say like, and you better accept me exactly the way that I am. And if I change, you can't change. Mm -hmm. That's not a relationship. That's a dictatorship. It goes both ways. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to honestly have the discussion. It's not a hundred percent my way or your way. That's not even the definition of a compromise. We have to literally concede things to come together. I didn't get exactly what I wanted. You didn't get exactly what you wanted, but yet we decided to still make it happen. Mm -hmm. That's where I think we get lost. And a lot of the content I see online mirrors that. It's like women saying, if you don't like this, he's this, F him. And if it's men there, they're saying, oh, she's not, you know, she's not wanting to be taken seriously. She don't want to listen. Don't give her a try. So we're just talking past each other and arguing at each other right. instead of recognizing what it's really going to take for us to make it work. Right. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I only have TikTok now. So on TikTok, I feel like there's a lot of feminine and masculine conversations like we're all both we mm -hmm. all have feminine and masculine traits but i feel like all these guys on social media want that traditional woman mm -hmm. and now like it's kind of hard these days because i don't know the way dating has gone in our culture it's difficult it has mixed up so bad women I mean, men want to be pursued by women. Mm. Women want to be independent, but they also want a man to take care of them. Oh, wait. Can you say that one again, please? Real <laughs> slow. Like right there. <laughs> women want to be independent, but mm -hmm. want men to take care of them at the same time. Let me pause you there real quick. Just to put out that. Because mm -hmm. I've heard that one before. We actually talked about that one last week. That's a contradiction. Would you agree with me there? I mean, it is. Yeah. Because those two things don't go together. Right. If I say, okay, I want to come back to you. I don't want, you, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I do want to make a quick point because independence gets thrown around a lot mm -hmm. and I'm not anti-independence. I love women and I want women to be able to take care of themselves. So this is not me anti you all. Maybe it's just me. Mm -hmm. My thought process is when it comes to dating or relationship building, Everybody should be independent. That is the bar, so to speak, meaning the minimum standard. What do I mean when I say independent? That means to me, you can provide for yourself. You can take care of yourself. You make sure that you are healthy in aspects of your life, mm -hmm. mentally, emotionally, physically, financially. Mm -hmm. That's the bar. It's not the ceiling. It's not something to be glorified. It's the standard. Mm -hmm. Any disagreement there? Mm -mm. Okay, because you're allowed to. I say that because instead of kind of the way I hear it, almost like being weaponized, like, I don't need you. Throw it in your face. Instead of looking at it like that, say, listen, I don't even come from that, from that perspective. It's not about, do I need you? I don't. 
Mm-hmm. And that's for both of us. You don't need me. I don't need you. Mm-hmm. But let me ask a better question. Would it be better if we could work together? Of course. I don't know. I'm stuck because I feel like I'm in that predicament right now. Mm-hmm. But like for him, I say I don't need him, but he always says he needs me because I helped him get there. Mm. That's investment. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's important, but it's to me, it's, it's the give and take mm-hmm. that we give in a relationship, right? It's not a hundred percent. You willed us into a ha- happy and healthy relationship or I did. Mm-hmm. It takes both of us. Again, no relationship can sustain only one person putting in effort. Mm-hmm. None. Whether you're talking about romantic, children, I don't care who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But my point about the independent thing is I talk about on this show interdependence, meaning we choose, this is the operative word, mm-hmm. we choose to rely on each other for things that we are inherently better at than the other person. So there may be things as men that we're better at than you. That's not a swear word. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad thing to say. Mm -hmm. There's things that women are inherently better at. Not every single woman, but majority of the time. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad thing to say. But if we're looking at it as such opposition, I can do everything without you. Therefore, do I need you? Probably not. Mm -hmm. True, you probably don't. But let's go back to what we were talking about earlier. Parents, family structure and dynamic, relationship building. It's easier when you got help. Yep. It is. That's why you want somebody to care of you or whatever, right? Like. Yes. I don't care. The most Put the most independent person in the world. It's always going to be easier with help. Yeah. Nobody's meant to go through life 100% by yourself. There are reasons and conditions and things that happen that mm-hmm. put us in that space. But that's not I don't know what we were talking about. We're talking about a choice to say things like, I don't need you. So then what happens to the other side? If they hear that message a lot, what do you think they're thinking? Why am I here? Sure. What about you, Maya? What do you think they're thinking? If they keep hearing that type of message. They're not feeling loved anymore. They're like, like Zen, why are you there? Like their self-confidence is starting to like their self, like in that whole the relationship that you're in, you're like, why? Like, you know, you're not having that, that, that whatever sense that, of security yeah in your relationship mm-hmm. by just saying that yeah you're right and i think everybody wants security men and women mm-hmm. nobody wants to come in their house and feel like i'm tiptoeing on eggshells every day oh if i say this he's gonna wild out if i say this she's gonna scream at me so i'm just gonna shut up mm-hmm. that's how i feel like i'm and not, not right now because like he doesn't help like i'm doing everything in the house like he doesn't help let me ask you a question because that's a fair point let me ask you a question when did you talk to him about it since it started and it all started when i moved in okay (laughs) let me ask a follow-up question so how long have you guys lived together since my son was born so about two years now. two years okay so you've been having this conversation on and off for two years yes and i've been holding my patience like i'll be now i'm not nice about it because i've been it asking about it for so long because you're frustrated yes understandably so but now he's like because i'm so mean about it he don't even want to do it sure because nobody wants to deal (laughs) nobody wants to give you something when they feel like they're being disrespected Mm -hmm. right let me ask you a follow-up question though on that so if you've been dealing with something for two years when have you decided to take a different approach 
and how just, you're explaining it. I just keep it all in. I just, mm. and then that turns to me not being happy. Sure. And I'm saying this to you, not because I'm saying that you're wrong. I'm saying it because I want, just like I was saying with you earlier, there may be a better way to deal with it where you got, he can give you what you're asking for. One, and I, and I bring that point up because I've had, this, I love having this conversation. Um, I've had so many conversations with women where they say things like this. They'll be like, um, I don't want to have to tell him directly. I just want to put it out there and I want him to figure it out. <laughs> no, I'll say it directly. I don't have no, no it's good. It's good if you don't. I mean, if you do it, mm. but I've had that conversation so many times and then they're like, I don't understand why I'm not getting it. Yeah. And I'll say like, listen, men are very direct. They can't read your mind. Right. And nobody can. <laughs> nobody can. Like, I only know what you want based on what you tell me. Mm-hmm. Same for you. Right. We yeah. have to be able and willing to have a certain level of transparency with one, one another. But going back to your point. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking to about this issue for two years, right, anybody would reasonably be fatigued, mm-hmm. disappointed, frustrated, irritated, annoyed, any other feeling word you want to put in there. But at what point do you say, you know what, this is not working because he's not understanding. Just as, this is just a small challenge. What if I need to take a different approach and how I'm explaining it because he clearly isn't understanding what I'm saying I need. When do you have that moment where you say, let me try it a different way? I feel like I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have that moment. Because I feel like I already, I was nice about it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just mean about it. So and then now I'm just keeping it to myself. Okay. Let, 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 let's do this. This is beautiful. I'm going to try something. So I love role play, particularly because I'm a <laughs> therapist, right? Uh-huh. So I'm going to be your boyfriend. <laughs> Talk to me about what it is that I'm doing that bothers you, Maya. You, can you pick up after yourself once in a while? Like, what, what, the what basket is only two feet away. Put your clothes in the basket rather than all on the floor where everyone's walking on. Okay. If you're done with the dishes, go put it in the sink. Stop being lazy and leaving it in the room. Well, wait, did you? Oh, hold on. Let, let me ask a question before I continue. Uh, am I working? Yes. How much am I working? Eight hours a day, but we're all working. This sure, is being sure. a parent. You don't get breaks. You sh- every like that's no. Of course, I feel like no, no. that's it's true. It's true. I'm not looking for an excuse. I just want to make sure I have the information. Okay, so yeah, we're both working. Obviously, you're we're both parents here. No, that was good because he does say that. I come home. I'm I'm tired sure. throughout the day. Like yeah. So so let, let me throw an example out there. All right. So you said laundry and you said dishes. Have we ever tried? I'm talking as him now. Mm-hmm. Have we ever tried to come up with like a task list of things that you feel like need to be done and that I need to be done so we can divide them up in a fair way so everybody feels content with the effort we're putting in? Honestly, I just feel like separating our clothes. Okay. So like I'm doing my life because the only time he does laundry is when he needs it for work and he's no, only no, no, doing no, no, I'm, his. I'm him right now. So, I'm him right now. Okay. You're, t- you're talking to him right now. <laughs> so no, no. So I'm saying. So you're saying you don't like when I you don't like that I'm not put, taking my part in doing the laundry. You know I don't really like doing laundry. You're talking about the dishes. You know I'm tired when I'm coming in and, in and from work. Why don't we try this? Sweet. Let's come up with certain things that we know need to be done consistently and let's just split it. I'll find some things and you'll find some things and we'll come to the table. Mm-hmm. We agree on what needs to be done so that way we can stop arguing about it. I'm gonna do that since we're about to move. 
it'll be a lot easier to do that. Because another thing that irks me is he's, when he's around his family, he's just so consumed by them. Because there's a lot going on. He has a big family. Mm. So it's like, and then that's another thing that he uses as an excuse. He's not used to doing chores. Okay. Wait, and wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let me make sure I understand that. So he grew up, because we didn't, I didn't ask you this earlier, naturally. Mm-hmm. So who did he grow up with? His mom and dad. Perfect. They're still married. Teachers. Okay. And does he have any siblings? He has two sisters and an adoptive brother who's older. So there's four of them. Okay. And so you said that he said that he's not used to doing these type of chores. So who did them? Growing His up. mom. Like, I see it mom now. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Pause. Pause. This is why context matters. So he didn't grow up with the expectation that he was supposed to be maintaining these types of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Correct? Correct. But you obviously did. Yes. And you've taken on more yes. because of what happened with your mom. Yes. But did you guys talk about that when y'all came together, that we grew up differently? We have different expectations, different responsibilities. So I'm going to need you to be a little flexible with me because I didn't grow up the way that you did. No, we've only looked at it my way. Like he understands why I am Mm -hmm. the way I am. Sure. But the way I look at his, he was just fucking, I don't know. He had it easy. Like you said in the beginning, like. Which is fair because your life is different. Mm -hmm. Right. That's how I used to feel. I was like, oh, man, I didn't have my mom all the time. That It's not fair. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware of that. Obviously, you didn't have your mom all the time. Mm-hmm. I know life's not fair. I know life is brutal to some of us more than others. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I challenged you there is because, again, going back to the context of the relationship, but I have to try to see things from your perspective. If I'm dealing with somebody, let me, let me do an extreme example, okay? Let's say I'm him mm-hmm. and I grew up with my family and I had a nanny, a butler, and a house cleaner. And then we get together and you're like, yo, why are you not doing the laundry? Why are you not doing these dishes? We want to be together. No, no, let's just say, no, let's just say we, we still are. You, you, you think I'm fly, so you wanted to be with me. And, and, and you're like, you're screaming at me, right? You're like, I don't understand. Why can't you just do the damn laundry? And I'm like, Maya, I don't do laundry. I don't understand what you don't understand about that. I don't do laundry. I don't do dishes, right? He says that and you're like, listen, I'm going to try to role play myself being both of you. And then you say, listen, you know, the way that I grew up, I didn't have somebody, you have a lot of help. Okay. For these people to take on all these tasks for you. I didn't have that. I'm used to having to do all that. So what I'm saying is I would appreciate it. If as my partner, you would help take on some of these responsibilities so that I don't feel like all this pressure is inherently on me alone. What do you think about that? Nicely said. I feel like it's harder in the moment. It absolutely is because we're emotional. Yeah. So we need moments of clarity. We got to take that step back. Mm -hmm. Again, like we talked about earlier, you need composure because we need to speak clearly about what we need and what we want or what's bothering us. Mm -hmm. If we always talk about it in the moment, I don't know any person, myself included, that it would be the best. Makes sense. Because we're usually just reacting to stuff. I always talk about responding versus reacting. Mm -hmm. Even me, my first response ain't going to be the best. Mm Mm-hmm. I need a moment. If I'm upset about something, I'm allowed to be upset. So let me take a moment, cool myself down and think about what is it that bothered me? Mm -hmm. And I need to go address it with that person. Mm -hmm. Not, and you always do this. And then next thing you know, 
we're having bigger fights, mm -hmm. bigger arguments. Mm -hmm. What does that solve? Nothing is hurting my son, honestly, because he's seeing it. And right. I hate that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think a lot about that for those of us that are parents, because we model behavior, good, bad, and indifferent. And they see it all. Mm -hmm. The stuff that we tell them, the stuff we don't tell them, the stuff they just watching. Right. And so, but all hope's not lost. We can always change. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm just presenting it to you in that way because not to excuse him not helping you out, mm -hmm. but sometimes we're not clearly speaking what we need. And then we're mad that the other person don't understand it. So therefore we're not getting what we want. I want us to say, hey, if I try talking about you something for a week and we're dating, and you clearly don't get it because you're still looking at me confused every time we talk about it. I need to change my approach. Yeah. Because you don't get it. Mm -hmm. And my job, our job, when we're communicating is we want to be understood. Mm -hmm. I don't know no person who likes to talk and wants everybody around them to not follow along with what they're trying to say. Do you feel like that's a fair statement for me to make? Yes. Because yeah, it gets frustrating. Yes. I don't know anybody who just like, repeat, repeat, repeat. <laughs> We're all parents, right? My son's about to be 12. I've repeated myself many, many times already. Every day. I have a lot of patience, mm -hmm. but everybody got limits, myself included. Adults, same thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I thought you would figure it out. I didn't think I needed to repeat myself like I do for my child, right? And that's the thing I say, like I, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I like I'm taking care of him and my child. Like I don't want to take care of both of you. Like right, right. See, but that what you're saying is legitimate. Mm -hmm. You're making legitimate concerns, and you're making me aware of them. But how we choose to present that absolutely matters. Yes. Okay. Yes. You're. you're so I have right. to be mindful of how I'm choosing to express that to you because what's the point? Mm -hmm. I want you to understand me. You are not my enemy. You are on, and we are on the same team. So let me not talk to you like you're the opposition. You're I right. want you to follow along because I value you. I appreciate you. I would feel appreciated if you could help me by doing some of these things. If you don't want to do laundry and you don't want to do dishes, cool. Let's find a compromise. That's why I mentioned the task list or the chores list or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. All right. You don't want to do those two things. So then you're going to do trash every week or whatever you know you got to do. Whatever those lists are, find a way to make that work where you both feel like, hey, we both gave input. Mm -hmm. We both got to say what we thought mm -hmm. and we both agreed that we will do these things consistently. So then you don't have to feel the pressure and he's helping you out more. Let me try that. That's, thank you for that advice. Sure. Two years later. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, this is, you know, these are things that happen and to me, a lot of this stuff is not, um, sometimes it's more complicated, but a lot of times we, we get caught up in small stuff mm -hmm. we do. And, we, and we make small stuff, big stuff. Yes. And then, and then getting to my later questions, we walk away because mm -hmm. we think, oh, it shouldn't be this hard. And no, it's going to be hard. Combining your life with any person is going to be hard. There's no, I don't know, no two people that just sync up perfectly mm -hmm. because we're not the same people. Mm -hmm. And going back to my previous scenario, we didn't grow up the same way. Right. right. So we have to, you know, we have to consider these things. But I want to continue building on what you were saying there and continuing talking about expectations so we can take it off of like the stuff that you were upset by. Mm -hmm. What would you say right now? What do you expect of him as, as being your partner? What do you expect of him? Making me happy, I guess. What does that mean? 
like, how does how, how does one do that value my needs like make don't just bypass like like you said with social media like you don't like you getting it from social media but you're also getting it from your your spouse mm-hmm. that's part of making you happy so you're not seeking it elsewhere sure putting in the effort yes okay is there anything else but that's the only thing you, you you feel like you really need is i want you to just put in effort trust of course trust is always a big okay He's the only one that hasn't cheated on me. So that's, he has helped me a lot with that. Good. My trust issues. Good. That's and important. communication, communication's a big thing, but I, we've been going about it the wrong way, like you said, so. Which is totally fine. Like mm-hmm. none of us are perfect people. I'm not, <laughs> I haven't always spoken as well about these <laughs> things. You just eat, you live, right? Mm-hmm. You have lived experiences and you, hopefully you reflect. Yeah. So you can be better mm-hmm. and not keep making the same choices over and over again and thinking something different is supposed to happen. Right. So when you talk about like communication, that's why to me it's so important that we make that time to sit down with one another, not in an emotional state reacting, but just genuinely trying to open up and share. And then when you, if you are having an issue, which will always happen. Mm-hmm. It's not so difficult to not only for us to let it out, but also to come to resolution so we can learn to let things go. You know what I mean? Yeah, you said that to me and you let things go. Mm. And it's, it's again, it's, it's difficult. We all come from different upbringings. Sometimes we got to do our own inner work. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot. That's why we promote therapy, because a lot of us need to work on some things that we bring into our relationships that make it harder to work with somebody and that's probably why me and my brothers don't have relationships because we hold on to stuff mm-hmm. we don't let things go sure that makes that makes that's it's connecting the dots honestly <laughs> good I, I try my best to do that <laughs> i always think to me it's important like i to me human connection is is so powerful and so important mm-hmm. but as i hope you know we've kind of touched on it, you got to put in the effort and so do they but we need to make sure we're communicating that well so everybody can follow along, mm-hmm. you know, to get what you want. Right. It's not that you can't get it, but if I'm not communicating in a way where this person can truly understand what I need, mm-hmm. I'm decreasing the likelihood I'm ever going to get it. Right. So it kind of defeats the purpose of what I want. Yeah. So those are the kind of the, the small things I think each of us, myself included, we can always get better at. Mm-hmm. There's no like point where you master and you're like, yeah, I got it. Because you keep growing you keep growing i'm growing he's growing our kids are growing nobody's the same mm-hmm. everybody keeps developing and changing as as a person like i said earlier i think it takes your whole 20s to figure out who you are i was just gonna say that yeah so you guys and i'm not saying you have no idea who you are that's not what i mean mm-hmm. i think to get like you said earlier about your mom mm-hmm. i think to get more rooted in when i look at myself this is how i would describe me Mm-hmm. I think it's a little easier once you've had that decade or so mm-hmm. really working on yourself to be able to answer that question. That makes sense. Yeah, I think because if you ask me right now, I'd kind of be a little all over the place with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, it's okay. It's just uh, hold space for that mm-hmm. to like actually look in the mirror and ask yourself like, how do I feel about me? What are some areas I think I can improve and grow in? Yeah. Because if you want the, if to me anyway, if you want certain things from like another person, again, I would ask the question like, so then what do you bring? 
See, I never thought of it like that because I have so much responsibility. I'm just focused on my, I'm not focusing on what I need, about me and what I need to change. I'm thinking of what's next on my list. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. that. so you don't, that, it sounds like you almost don't have that time to kind of sit still yes. and be mm-hmm. maybe more in the present. So you can kind of forecast what do you want to come in the future? Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Am I, am I misreading? No, you're right. Yeah. So if that's the case, and it may be difficult, right? Again, you guys have young children, so it's, they're not quite as uh, settled in as my child is. But I still think it's important to, to try to make, even if, even if it's the smallest amount of time, and if it's 10 minutes a day, give yourself enough time to really think about what it is that you want and how best am I doing to actually create it, not manifest it, create it mm-hmm. in reality. And if, particularly if it has to do with another person, Am I really asking for the things that I need in the clearest of ways? Right. Because, you know, we talking around stuff we already established earlier, men ain't going to follow you. Mm-hmm. Right. Most guys are going to be like, you lost me back there. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't even know where we're going right now. <laughs> and everybody wants to be understood. Mm-hmm. So making sure that we're, you know, we're trying to maintain that effort, I think, is really, really important if we want longevity. That makes sense, because when we do talk, we're just going in circles. So it's like, obviously, we're not understanding each other. So we're just saying it over and over. Mm. And, and what, what does that what does that create then if we're just talking in circles? Frustration. And that's why I just shut out and just stop. Mm. So you shut down when yeah, you get frustrated. I do. And he hates that. Because <laughs> then you don't know what to do. Right. Like you can't like you said, like we can't we can't mind read. So. If I don't know what you're thinking, like I, I can't just pull this from nowhere. Mm-hmm. Even if you notice, like in our discussion so far, like I'm only building off of what you said. Yeah. So you give me a little bit. I'm like, okay, it could be this, or maybe it means that, or that makes sense because mm-hmm. you're giving me context. That makes sense because he does say that. It, it matters, mm-hmm. right? We we got to remember, like, we're all fundamentally different. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm never gonna know what it's like to be you. Not fully. I'm never going to know it better than you know what it's like to be you because you're always the expert on yourself, mm-hmm. as are you. So you want to be understood, right, by mm-hmm. whoever it is that you value. Mm-hmm. So you got to let me in. If you want to be understood, right, you have to let me in. You choose to let me in, not because it's a control thing. Mm-hmm. You choose to let me in because you want me to know you. Is that fair? Yeah. But I think with Maya, it's kind of hard because when you're when you're having a discussion with someone and they're not self-aware with themselves Mm -hmm. and then they lash like he lashes out on her okay her response is to do her natural response so it's kind of hard she doesn't have time to sit here and grow for herself like she doesn't have time to sit down sure with herself Mm -hmm. he doesn't even value that like not trying to say but he i don't think he takes mental health as serious as other people do I, w- I would respect that because a lot of guys don't because they just haven't been taught to yeah and i just don't think he's self-aware of how he treats her or the way mm-hmm. he comes off so i think they both want respect but they both you know maybe don't go about it the best way right just because they both don't know which is fair listen and this this uh this feedback i'm giving this isn't all on you yeah there may absolutely i mean he's just not here so i can't you know we can't talk from his perspective but there may absolutely be things that he needs to do better Mm -hmm. like i challenge all men like the reason why i talk about us 
becoming more emotionally aware is exactly to your point Mm -hmm. because then i can hold more space for you to want to be vulnerable with me Mm -hmm. but again going back to my example of if i was trying to do your job and i didn't go through your training i'm not going to be comfortable and just because you come from a good family and good, I put in quotation marks because that's subjective. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I learned that. Right. I know plenty of guys from great families, some would say, mm-hmm. and they still don't know how to be emotionally available. Because mm-hmm. as we established earlier, when you were talking about your dad, a lot of us, they, we were raised by dads who were not emotionally available. Mm-hmm. So you can't teach what you don't know. Right. Right. So some of that could absolutely be on him he may need to work on that as well i just think self-awareness in a relationship is really a big key part it's huge and i don't think it's (laughs) as common as it should be no it's huge that's that's why i talked about holding the space for it Mm -hmm. because a lot of us are like i'm too busy i'm a mom i'm a dad i got this i got that you can miss me with all that if you don't make the time i know a lot of things that can happen for those that that's their answer. Like if that's your answer, mm-hmm. you got some stuff to worry about in your future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause there's stuff ne- getting neglected and right. it might be starting with yourself mm-hmm. and then it just kind of trickles down the line. I grew up watching my father do that. Mm. I watched him just sit on the edge of the bed and just watch TV after work every single day. And I think that's where I looked at him. I don't want to be anything like that. Yeah. Not in a bad way. No, it's no. Just... But you can you can say what you want. Okay. That's not, that in and of itself is not disrespectful. It's like, I just want to be different or I want to be better. Yeah. I just, then that's when I think I became self-aware at a young age to where it was just like, I got to do better than that. Or, you know, both of my parents, honestly. I also think that that's a general rule of thumb as parents. Yeah. it's. I, I it's think most really... parents say like, I want to do better than my it's... parents did. Yeah, I don't think that's disrespectful or rude. That's why I went to school. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's why we do this. Like, I know, I know if if I didn't come into the field, I'm not saying I would never have learned, but this made me open my eyes to so many things. Like, there's no way if I didn't go to school, if I didn't go to therapy, Mm -hmm. there's no way I could be sitting across from you talking to you like I'm talking to you right now. Because I just wouldn't have the awareness. I was not raised to do any of these things. Yeah. I would be probably behaving like your dad and maybe partners you've had in the past. Well, I'm proud of you then because I would have <laughs> never guessed. <laughs> no, and that's what I mean. A lot of mm-hmm. us, we don't we don't come from the most optimal environments to learn this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I really believe in accountability and responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so important to me. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want people to respect you, you need to be accountable. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why would I put much stake in or stock in what you say? Right. right. Especially if you don't do it. I'm definitely not respecting you if you don't even do what you're telling me to do. Mm-hmm. And like I, that's like a core part of my being. So mm-hmm. the only reason why I can even give you those examples is because I've been in situations like that. or I've helped other people navigate situations like that. And again, we get locked into our own perspective. It's very hard, particularly when we're emotional, mm-hmm. to look outside of yourself. That's why you have to allow yourself to calm down. If I'm really upset with you, I might say some stuff I don't mean. Mm-hmm. I might be hurtful to you. Mm-hmm. And now again, what are we doing? Now we're breeding contempt, disrespect, mm-hmm. opposition, mm-hmm. anger. Yep. All these things that don't help us work together. Yeah. None of those things are going to make us want to be here, mm-hmm. want to put in the effort, want to try. I'm just start looking at 
like you were saying earlier, it's like I'm physically here, mentally, emotionally, I'm checked out. And I've learned, I will let you all speak for yourself. I think women more so than men do that. We do. That will be there only in body, mm. but they're already kind of gone. Yep. That's what he bitches about me the most because I do that a lot. Do you think that that's a concern for you when he tells you that? I just let it go over my head, honestly. Because <laughs> again, I got so much on my plate. I just don't want to add more to it. I get that. To reframe that for a moment, I would say to you, it's like, so imagine this is like a checklist and I have a bunch of items on here, right? Mm -hmm. Some are bigger than others, but if I don't start by, some people can handle this one of two ways, I would say. You can start by ticking off the small things because they're easier and they take less time. Or you can take my approach and you can hit the bigger things first, the heavier ones first. And the reason why I would suggest that is because that can create the greatest positive impact in our life or in our relationship. So for example, let's say I have an issue with trust, mm -hmm. which a fair amount of people do. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a relationship and I've never really talked about why it's hard for me to have trust. Mm -hmm. You just been dealing with the fact that it's hard for me to trust you. Mm -hmm. If I don't recognize that I need to go do my own work, doesn't mean I have to leave the relationship. Sometimes I do. But if I don't recognize I need to actually start working on that stuff, mm -hmm. our relationship will ultimately be doomed. Because I'm never going to be able to let you in the way you need to be able to be let in. If I'm guarded all the time, to your point we were talking about earlier, like when would I ever be comfortable enough to be vulnerable with you? When would I want to share these most intimate, sometimes painful of experiences? Mm -hmm. When would I ever want to let you into that? Whenever you work on it yourself. Right. Yeah. But if I'm being guarded, right, I'm, I'm kind of keeping that wall up. Mm -hmm. So I can't sit down and be like, Maya, sit here. I need to tell you some things. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to get there. You're going to be looking at me like, why are you upset? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So then we don't. And the issue grows. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. And we keep not dealing with that stuff. How are we going to survive? You're not, yeah. You stay right there. You ever been in a situation like that before? Yeah. And I was the guarded one. Mm. Um, actually with the my child's father. Okay. So like he would always want me to communicate. I grew up with my mom, like she silent treatment makes me very angry now. Now that I've worked on it. But <laughs> Fair. Being in a relationship with him, that's how I dealt with my problems by clamming up. And so it made him very frustrated and we got nowhere. And it was kind of hard for me because I knew what the issue was. I knew what my problem was. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't say it. Got it. Or get it out in the words that I was thinking it. So it was frustrating for both of us. And yeah. You know, it's interesting. You guys kind of said the same thing because <laughs> you both talked about being guarded in a way that you weren't allowing the person to like 
know you fully, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. And you're right. I think it absolutely makes it very, very challenging to continue to grow the relationship. We couldn't. Right. Like eventually we're going to literally, we're going to literally hit that wall that you have created. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I'm banging my head against it. Like Ariana, I can't get here. Maya, hello, create a door. Let me in. Yeah. And you're like, nah. It's not like I always have it up. It's just when we start going in circles. This is sure. I mean. <laughs> but me, it was hard for me to talk about things. Yeah. So. Which again, I appreciate you for saying that because again, a lot of us go through that. Mm -hmm. I did too. Mm -hmm. It's hard, man. Again, if you don't, if you don't get that best example, how do you know how to do it? Okay. Mm -hmm. Kids learn what, from what we teach them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we teach them explicitly. We tell them, Hey, this is how you tie your shoes. This is how you brush your teeth. This is how you shower. This is how you bathe. This is how you make food. But then there's other implicit things, mm -hmm. things that I don't tell you, but I show you through my actions and my behavior. Mm -hmm. So if we're married and you're our daughter and you see me yelling at your mom all the time, you know what you're learning as you get older? That's, That's okay. how men treat me. Because mm -hmm. I love my dad. I love my mom. They love each other, right? So I guess it's okay. That makes sense. So that becomes the expectation. It sets the bar for young women. Yes. And that is like, um, I was actually telling Maya that the other day. Mm. Um, I just wish my dad did that a little bit better. I like, I feel like I would have been in better relationships in the past, or I would have chose better guys to date mm -hmm. if my dad had set the bar higher for Beautiful. me. Because I was just telling her the other day, like my dad we sometimes go to lunch it would just be nice if he just brought his daughter some flowers you know like mm. just little things like that just let sure. me know you're valued you're appreciated I, yeah I, yeah see i love having this conversation about that i can't wait. i hope one day to have a daughter because <laughs> um, that's how i feel yeah i i, I want to make a, a quick point on that and this is for daughters sons moms and dads mm -hmm. this is my take you do with it what you will some of it is kind of like rooted in psychological theory, but I think there actually is a practical reason why these things exist. So I'm going to talk about like the family structure for a moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the family doesn't always have to be bio mom, bio dad. It could be adopted parents. It could be aunt and uncle, it could be grandma, grandpa, but in a, in a perfect world, it would be bio mom, bio dad. Mm -hmm. But also I understand that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. So you have those two people there. And let's say it's you, I don't know, we'll just focus on you. We don't care about the siblings right now. It's just you. What we were saying earlier, the relationship between mom and dad, what do I see? How do they talk? How do they treat each other? So if I'm a young lady, the way I see my father is the way I see men because he represents the first man in my life typically that I love, I fall in love with. Mm-hmm. And my mom, if I'm a young lady, would be, to a certain degree, not exactly, the type of woman I may see myself wanting to become. Mm -hmm. Aspects of her. I don't want to be you. I want to be me, whatever that turns out to be. But there's aspects of you that I want to embody. Mm -hmm. Is that fair so far? Yeah. Okay. Excuse me. For young boys. 
when I see my mom, she's the first woman that I fall in love with. And my father, I see myself in aspects of who he is. And that roots me in the type of man that I think I want to become. Yeah. Follow? Mm -hmm. Okay. Why does that matter? Because then when we start dating, and this is predominant for heterosexual couples, I'm not trying to speak for homosexual couples because that is not my lived experience. Okay. If I'm trying to develop a relationship with a woman, and I'll use myself as an example, and my mom wasn't there, it will inherently be a little more challenging because I didn't get to fall in love with her. So it's kind of hard for me to understand how I should be treated and how I'm supposed to treat her. Now, granted, of course, we're not saying literally love where you want to date them. Right. It's more what they represent. Mm -hmm. They represent the love of a woman. So they'll say things like, like, I want you, I want to be treated like my mom would treat me. Why? Because she represents that first primary relationship that he's ever had with a woman. Nobody, now, nobody expects you to be their mom because they didn't, you don't come out of your girlfriend's uh, <laughs> stuff. I hope not. Uh. Yeah, yeah, we're not talking about that. But the point is, she represents that for you. So that helps set what? Expectations. And then, again, my dad, I see how I'm looking at how my dad treats my mom. And if he treats her in a respectful way, communicates with her well, they overcome challenges. He and her are showing me a healthy relationship, a healthy functioning relationship. Because mm -hmm. I see how they handle stuff. It's not like, dad, is everything perfect? No, it's not always perfect, son. But you put in the effort. Mm -hmm. You listen to her. You honor her. You treat her with respect. Mm -hmm. Right? You appreciate her. And you talk to your mom. I tell you the same thing. I, if you go date with a young lady, these are the things I want her to do for you. Because mm -hmm. these are the things that I would do for you. No, she's never going to be me. But these are things I would want her to do for you if she truly loves and respects you. You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's all for a young man. Now, young girl. If I'm having that relationship with my dad, then he sets he helps to set that standard. To your point you just said a moment ago. My dad talked to me like this. He treated me like this. He told me what I should expect of a man. And I appreciate that. So you can't come at me less than what he did. Right. Not because he was treating you, of course, romantically, but he's setting the tone. This is how I love you. So if a man says he loves you, he needs to come like this. It may not be exact, but he needs to be in this wheelhouse, this general vicinity, if he wants you to take him seriously. Mm -hmm. And then I see how my mom is with my dad. Okay, my mom, she does these things for him. She she compromises with him she works with him she demonstrates her love and affection she gives him attention yeah whatever that looks like right mm -hmm. i need to embody aspects of that because she got my dad i love my dad and she got my dad so she's doing these things to make sure that he stays he does these things to make sure that she stays see i learned i didn't learn from my dad my dad was there but he wasn't he had his own he was he's a recovered alcoholic like mm. he's he's I'm glad he's at where he is now. Like, sure. But my mom did all that, like, cause she didn't get all that. Right. She always, she basically was telling me from her mistakes. That's good. You know what I mean? That's good. Mm -hmm. Cause we don't always do that either. Mm -hmm. We don't often talk about that. Cause a lot of it is, is embarrassment. And that's something I want to 
what's that word you use? Embodied or whatever? Embody. Embody from my like, mom. Like, I want to demonstrate, like, my mom, she was caring. She was considerate. She was warm. She was inviting. She yes. made me feel comfortable to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. If I'm a young man, right? Mm-hmm. I got all that stuff from my mom. So guess what I expect from this girl? They get the same. Right? You come in here. Oh, you got to give me that. Mm-hmm. At least. Right. And then if I bring you to my mom, she would be like, I don't, I don't want that. You need better, son. Mm-hmm. You need to do better. But I really like her. Listen to me. No. You can do better. Because mm-hmm. that's not how I would approach it. And you don't, we're not always going to agree. I'm not saying it like parents are always right. But there's some wisdom. Yes. yes. There's, ex- there's things called lived experience. Mm-hmm. At least you're getting like a gateway, basically, to yes. see Take some insight, take some perspective. It doesn't mean it's hundred percent accurate for you, Mm -hmm. but we also got to be real. We're not all that different. Mm -hmm. I know we like to think we are because we think of generational gaps Mm -hmm. and technology and all this stuff. Human (laughs) beings aren't that different. It doesn't matter where you come from in the world. If you strip away like culture and language and food, we're pretty similar. Mm -hmm. Parents want the same thing for their kids. Women typically want these things. Men typically want these things. We're not that different because a lot of it's rooted in our biology. Right. It's not all just like I grew up, but I do believe a lot in environment. Mm-hmm. I'm much more an environment versus a biology guy. I believe the way you grow up largely shapes the way you see the world and how you see yourself. And I can preach to that because me and my, my my youngest brother, his group of friends is totally... And he's it's like we're not even raised by the same person. <laughs> I swear, I'm not even joking. Yeah, it's really... It's... Yeah, and then, and then siblings. Mm-hmm. That was a hard one for me to understand. Even when you're raised in the same environment, like that was me and my older sister. I was like, why are we so different? I'm like, I approach stuff like this, but she does it like this. And it was so hard for me. I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And it is again, personal bias. I was like, you're supposed to be like me. You're supposed to fight like me. You're supposed to achieve <laughs> like me. You're supposed to be driven like me. Mm-hmm. We're not the same people. So I had to, I had to swallow that and be like, hold on, maybe expectations. Maybe I'm being unreasonable. I'm putting all this on her. Like she's supposed to behave like I would. That's not fair. I I had to accept that. I do that with my sister a lot. Like I, yeah. I'm like, you should live your life and stop putting so much into somebody else and put more into yourself. You're still so young. So it's not, it's not bad advice, but we're too different. Both of us, so. And also, sometimes we got to live through some That's stuff. That's why I would just. I don't always want it. Trust me. As a therapist, like, I don't want us to, <laughs> to like, hurt the way we end up hurting. Trust right. me. Um, but I also know that I, I wasn't, like, uh, I didn't listen to everything either. Mm-hmm. Some people have to go through those things. Yes. Some people, and it's, I would make the case, actually, I'm going to do another PSA for the guys. Most of us <laughs> don't start challenging ourselves, our thoughts, our feelings, or actually starting to work on ourselves until we get hurt. The vast majority of men that I know, once we get hurt by somebody we really loved and cared for, mm-hmm. that's when we start looking in the mirror and we're like, damn, what what went wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand how that happened. And then when you start going back and you start peeling back the layers, you're like, man, she talked about this. She mentioned that. She talked about that too. And I was kind of unwilling to deal with anything. Mm-hmm. So maybe I didn't really give her another option. You know what I mean? Maybe I forced her hand to think that that was the best choice that she had mm-hmm. to flee. So that's 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 reflection. That's an example of reflection. I need to recognize maybe something that I need to deal with or I need to be better at. So the next relationship, the next situation, 
whatever we're talking about can be better. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? That's a lot. That's why we have to hold that space. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we can't grow. Right. And I get your point. To bring it back to Maya, you're busy. Mm-hmm. You got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. Let me say something though. You may not agree. This is my belief. Okay. Okay. Nobody in this world is more important, or should be more important to you than you. Nobody. Not even your kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell you why I say that. Because I've worked with a lot of parents, mm-hmm. particularly moms. I think this is uniquely more of a mom challenge than it is for a dad, where they over-identify with the role of being a parent. I do do that. And they forget that there was a person there before that little person was there. You're so right, because he, he's so easy to do that. And I, it, that irks me, because... I don't know. I don't think that's normal. I think the kids should always come first. And that's where I would challenge you. I would say to you, I believe you always come first. Let me explain why. I've talked about this Because before. you need yourself in order to take care of them, right? Yes. Or whatever. Yes. But let, let, let me give you the full spectrum, right? Because you're in a relationship too, so I can hit all three. Mm-hmm. So you, you needing to be at the top and the lack of care, consideration, and support that you give to yourself impacts everything else. Right. It always starts from the top. So if you're not well, your relationship cannot be well because mm-hmm. you are 50% of the relationship, mm-hmm. right? right? And if he's not well, boom, add mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Why does that matter? Because the family structure, another deeper, you have a kid. Mm-hmm. That cannot be stable, healthy, or well if the relationship between the couple or the parents is not well, which cannot be well if you're not well. It always starts with you. It always starts with you. That's good advice. If you don't put yourself at the top of that list, Uh everything else is slowly going to degrade. Right. And I hear people say this, like I talk about it with my my clients that are parents. Mm -hmm. They'll make these, these noble statements, like I live for my children. (laughs) <laughs> I'll sacrifice everything for my children. Mm-hmm. I don't agree. I'll give a lot. Mm-hmm. I will do almost anything for my son. Not anything, but almost anything. Because fortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, I had a life before him. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be here forever. I'm not going to be here forever, but he's not going to be under me forever. Yeah, right. for sure. I got to have my own life. Mm-hmm. If I'm only living for him, so my life goes on hold for 18 years, 19 years, okay. 22 years, mm-hmm. 25 years, depending on when you decide to move out. Right. No, I'm living for me now. That doesn't make me a bad person. It just means I love myself enough to put in the effort. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to show you that as my child. Mm-hmm. So when you're older, you understand the importance of doing it as well. Mm-hmm. And you will carry that into your relationships with whoever you decide to be with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. As a single parent, um, mm-hmm. I can't pour into his cup when there's nothing to give. 
Can you say that one again? <laughs> you, you, use, you use my analogy too. So I, love I what you did cannot that. pour into his cup if I have nothing to give. Mm-hmm. That's big facts right there. Mm-hmm. And being a young mom, I want to show him he also needs to learn to love himself as well because we don't just grow up loving ourselves. Uh, absolutely not. Not at all. A lot of us come from environments where we never learned how to do it. I grew up actually not liking anything about myself but after i had my son he showed me what love is and mm-hmm. i became very depressed so i just i got tired of just being depressed so i was like you know what i'm just gonna start working on myself mm-hmm. and live for me and him right so that's where i'm at right now good self-love self-care it's important it's a big mm-hmm. thing yeah and like, like I said, even with what you all said, like I hear it all the time. And again, I, I'm not trying to pick on moms, but I just hear it more from moms. I don't hear dads really with this issue. I think it's because we're so used to thinking about financial stability and independence that That's we exactly know what I was thinking. that I idea is thinking. like, you have to make it on your own. Right. So I have to invest in myself. And um, so I think that idea is just, it's easier for us to understand because we're like, hey, I know you're not always going to be here. Even if I really wanted you to be, I know you're not going to be. Mm-hmm. I know you got to live your own life. And it's not because I'm trying to kick you out. I just understand that's the natural course of growing in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Whereas with moms, I think they just like really almost leave their independent woman role. Not independent like we were talking about earlier, but independent as I was a whole woman before you were born. Mm-hmm. And yet now that you're here, I forgot who I am. Mm-hmm. I only know myself. Maybe I only identify as a mom. Not Maya, not Ariana. Who are you outside of being a mom? Mm-hmm. I'm not just a dad. There's a lot of complexity to me. Mm-hmm. But I put in the effort to fulfill those aspects of who I am. Mm-hmm. Do you? Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you do that? How do I... How do you fulfill those other aspects of who you are outside of being a mom? I try to meditate, to be honest. That's good. Mm-hmm. I always recommend that. It's good. That's a part of giving yourself some time. Mm-hmm. What else? Soak in the sun. The sun, I don't know. The sun just feels like it absorbs all the stress. The, <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, it just, it's it helps. Okay. Anything else? Running. If I feel like I'm not running for a minute, I, I don't know. Running just lets it all. Being physically active somewhat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like you have some things that you do that do help. But at the same time, there also sounds like there's those other things that comes to when it t- tapping into the emotional aspect that you don't. It's just hard because, again, my son's two. So it's sure. like hard to juggle. I'm in that trying to juggle the two at the moment. Yeah. I respect that. Mm-hmm. I respect that. I would just still make the same point. As important as they are. Right. And don't get it twisted. Mm -hmm. They're very important. Mm -hmm. They're not the most important. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to agree. But that's my take on it. Because I see how we lose ourselves. Mm -hmm. I see it. And then we get bitter. Mm -hmm. I hear these type of expressions. Um, I changed my life for you. I gave everything up for you. I grew up hearing those things. That's what her dad does. I hear stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you know what I would say to that? 
Mm. That's why you need to be first. I've told him that. Because I, I would never say that. Right. I, I've, I've told him that. You look at you <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be mean to you, but that's where him and I clash mm. because I feel like I have more wisdom in that aspect of you need to love yourself. You need to do better. Get out there. Mm. He blames me a lot for like the other day we went to lunch and I'm the reason why he doesn't have patience. That's that sounds more like a projection or deflecting. And me knowing that I was able to just you know, it's yeah. it's really not me, it's you. Oh yeah. That's why I brought up projection. Like a lot of people even if you're kind of walking around in your day-to-day life and you see somebody come at you kind of sideways and they have an issue or they got an attitude. Mm-hmm. I do my best. I don't take it personal. Because I know, like, let's say you came up to me, you started screaming at me. It might initially be irritating. Mm-hmm. But then after that encounter's over and I go home or wherever I'm going, mm-hmm. I might think that brother's hurting or that woman. Mm-hmm. She must be in a rough spot. Because I know I didn't, I didn't put anything into that. Mm-hmm. She brought that to me. Which means, to your point, that's a you issue. That's not a me issue. And I'm just learning that now because I used to let it get to me. Like, a lot of people do. Yeah, I used to feed into it, but now I don't really care to. You're a grown man. Mm-hmm. I have a kid now that I need to set an example for. True. So that's what my goals right now are, not to help you fix yourself because mm-hmm. only he can do that. That's true. Or you can't fix anybody that doesn't want to fix themselves. Or I would just say help themselves. People have to be in the headspace that they want help. Yeah. You know, because you can, trust me, I do it. You can be there ready to give a lot of information and experience and just insight to try to help somebody deal with some stuff. But if they don't want to hear it, mm-hmm. it's a fruitless endeavor. It's not going to, it's not going to pan out into anything. Because sometimes, like you said, people have to hit the wall maybe more or Mm -hmm. harder or fall deeper before they start to wake up yeah i'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason Mm. um so things that happened in my past instead of dwelling on them i've just learned that they happen not to me but for me Mm. okay to help me grow i would say if you reflect on them because mm-hmm. a lot of times we, peop- yeah. we live through stuff, but if we don't reflect on it, like there's no growth happening. Right. You if- actually have to go back and I talk about that a lot, again, particularly for the men. You have to learn, we all do, mm-hmm. to sit in discomfort. Like, I mean, sit in it. I don't mean wallow, which means stay there, live there, mm-hmm. suffering, being in survival mode. Those are not positive things that we want to speak mm-hmm. on. What I'm saying is I must sit there because I need to understand why it's uncomfortable. Why does it bother me? Why am I struggling in this area? So I can actually address it. Because once I do that, then I don't have to expect to keep going back to that place. Mm -hmm. But what a lot of us do is we avoid that stuff. We tuck it away in the closet or under the bed and pretend, you know, it didn't happen or try to put it out of our mind. And then wonder why random, seemingly random, things happen to us in our day-to-day. And it's because that stuff that's back there that didn't get dealt with is still right here right now. Right. And if you don't deal with it, then it's going to be over there in the future. Right. Because you're going to keep carrying it. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? I see my older brother do that now. That was well explained. Yeah. I had 
a friend, we were talking and he kept saying, I don't know why I feel like this. I don't know why I feel like this. Well, you got to figure that out on your own. I mean, when you just push, because I used to do that in the past when I would clam up, I would just push it to the back of my head and Mm -hmm. then I would get angry for something little would just set me off. And I'd be like, it really wasn't that. It was what I need to deal with. There you go. Good awareness. Mm-hmm. It's like if somebody has, um, we talk about like proportionality to something that occurs. Mm-hmm. So let's say I get cut off in traffic. I had a client that did this. So this is a good example. <laughs> you get cut off in traffic and then you chase the person down. We were just talking about and you, that. <laughs> and and you, you decide to call the police on them, right? Yeah. Most people wouldn't do that. Wait, the, you chasing and you're calling the police? Yes. Do I, okay. Why like, are you calling? Like we're driving. I cut you off. You're pissed off. So now you start chasing me away. Like you had somewhere to be. You had to go to work. You had to pick your son up, whatever. You chasing me because you feel like you were violated or whatever, right? You felt like you were mistreated. I'm trying to link Ariana's point there. Mm-hmm. So, but I had some past stuff going on. So instead of me being able to let that go and just be like, was it a minor inconvenience? Yes. But I'm going to keep it moving because I got other things I need to do. Mm-hmm. I'm over here chasing you down. Why? Because it might be representing some old stuff from the past that I ain't dealt with. And when little inconveniences come up, now it gets compounded on top of that. So now I feel like I got to, my response is disproportionate. It doesn't match what happened. You know, have you watched Beef off of Netflix? Not yet, but I'm going to. I heard about that, that is- too. Okay, so I finished it and I never really understood it, but you just explained the the whole purpose of that sh- that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, that to- you gotta to watch, watch it now. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I heard to about it, but I never gave it a chance. You got. I was going to, I was going to, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if if I'm holding in old stuff uh-huh. that has nothing to do with us or you know whatever my past is, right? But then something happens to me now. Like, or let me give a different example. I'm at the grocery store. Somebody cuts in line in front of me. You know, I'm sitting here with like all my stuff and then like, which isn't, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Let's say you come up there. Usually it's a traditional thing for a man to do. I got like a basket full. You got like two items. Go ahead. Yeah. Right. But I didn't feel like doing that today because, you know, I was in a rush and you cut in front of me, but you don't have two things. You got like 10 things, which is still fair. And I just like throw my bags down, start screaming at you, like turn up on you in the store. Right. That's probably not nothing to do with you. Was it inconvenient? Yes. But my response did not match what happened. It was too much. I was doing the most, however you want to (laughs) interpret that. That makes sense. It didn't match. So my energy level being like that is probably representing something else that I've been dealing with that I haven't allowed myself to actually confront. So I'm carrying it into other experiences that I'm dealing with with other people or other situations. Right. Well, for me, I work in a pharmacy, so I deal with a lot of older people. Retail or like in a hospital? Retail. Okay. And I get this a lot. They tend to, I get it. I'm dealing with sick and old people most of the time. Sure. But they tend to take a lot of like shit out on me yeah like yeah no they take a lot of stuff out on me i'm not really doing anything we have this policy where they have to be counseled by the the pharmacist bit like what for the medication yes Mm -hmm. and not not everybody but most of the time Mm -hmm. but people get very angry and instead of just being like you know i'm 
it'll take two minutes. This pharmacist will be right with you. Sure. I'm walking away and they just start talking shit about me. And I'm like, I'm just doing my job. Of course you are. But then that's made me realize it's not about me. It's about their life, what mm -hmm. they got going on. There you go. It's a personal problem. That's a good example. I wish I met you a couple weeks earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that really happened to me. I was at my mom's doctor's office at the doctor appointment and we were waiting on transportation. Mm. The appointment ended at like 140 something. We called, he said it'll be 45 minutes. Long story short, he didn't end up showing up to four o'clock. Wait, you got there when? The appointment started around one. It was supposed to be at one, but I got there at 1230 something around. So almost a three hour. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So when he finally showed up, mind you, I'm calling the company. Like, where is he? Like, so by the third time I'm calling, they're putting me on hold to get a hold of him. And as I'm on hold, he walks into the door. And I said, hey, man, what's going on? As soon as I said that, he just started barking. This, I got all these patients before. But now that you say that, it had nothing to do with me. There you go. And I fed into it. And we had this whole argument in front of the freaking office, all the way down to the to the damn van. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So that's that what I'm saying. I wish I met you because I would have just... Cause it, it ruined my whole day. I was, I was fine. I had an extra time with my mom. Like I was, I was all right. Yeah. And then he honestly sped off in the van. So I took it another step and I freaking reported him. Like he shouldn't even be like, but now that you said that, yeah, it had nothing to do with me. No, it doesn't. And it doesn't mean when you think about it like that, and I appreciate the examples, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that like, you're not allowed to be upset. We're not trying to invalidate feelings. No, but you're allowed to be upset. You are allowed to be upset if you're being disrespected by your customers or the patients but what i'm saying is is my response does it match what's going on mm -hmm. so if I, again so let's let's go back to her example real quick because yours i think was super easy to understand if you started screaming back at them right That's they say good. something to you and you just boy you lucky this glass is here and you just start like <laughs> slamming on the glass right <laughs> banging on da, 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 da. you did a like, good job what the hell is wrong with her right <laughs> Now, and you might be looking at them like, you started this. This all happened because of you. But now you're matching their energy. But if I recognize, hey, they had their own stuff going on, which they tried to bring here, mm -hmm. which I understand. I'm not about to feed into that because mm -hmm. I don't got going on in my life what you got going on right, right. now. I'm trying to have peace, serenity, and tranquility over here. Right. <laughs> so I don't want to put that stuff out there. We'd have a little more peace which allow us to do more things like reflection and have more focus more on the positive interactions that we experience, have things like gratitude mm -hmm. in life and not only seeing negative, mm -hmm. only seeing things that we're disappointed or frustrated or hurt by. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us, cause we don't deal with our stuff, man, we bring that energy everywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but like, I think I put it on a video before. Like if you, if somebody comes in with a really bad attitude, it's like they suck all the energy out of the room. Oh yeah. You know, like, ah, I can't say anything. As soon as I say something, they got something negative to say. So I'm yeah. not going to say anything. Mm -hmm. Which the net net of it is, it's negative. Because I can't put any positive out there to balance it out. Mm -hmm. Right? Or we try to avoid those people. Instead, I would say, no, we need to challenge that type of thinking to say, no, why are you so upset about these things? Mm -hmm. And more importantly, what are you doing about it? Mm -hmm. Or are you just continuing with your days like, oh, it was his fault. 
that doctor went off on me. So I don't have no issues. Maybe he did have his own stuff, but maybe I also have to look at myself and say, okay, but what did I do? Or why did I feel the need to match him? Mm-hmm. As therapists, we do this all the time. We, we don't match you guys' energy. And I've had people come in screaming at me. I've worked at facilities where people, it's like six o'clock in the morning, they gotta get their medication, they gotta go to work. And you're like, hey, I need to talk to you. You're like, I don't have time to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Cursing me out. I'm like, listen, you can have a seat. We can chat for a few minutes and then you can go. <sighs> Fine. I've had it. I had it happen to me yesterday. I've been taking this medication for years. Mm-hmm. Okay, ma'am. But the pharmacist still needs to talk to you and just kept going. So that's when I just walked away. It's all that resistance. That Let me point that out because that's a good point. Let's say you said it was what, two minutes for the counseling? Not even. Okay. I, let me use two minutes. I like to overestimate. Let's say it's two <laughs> minutes, right? And then I spend like what, five, maybe 10, 15 minutes arguing with you about why I shouldn't have to do it. This is That's ridiculous. That's my point. Right? You, you would have been If gone I was just already. like, okay. <laughs> and you do your two minute whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I'm on about my business. But because I'm like, things sh- should go, we're going macro level now. Things in life should go the way that I see fit all the time Mm -hmm. right that's why i'm gonna argue that's it's not supposed to be like that don't you understand i've been taking this medication for 20 years how dare you i don't have two minutes to spare for your little pharmacist to talk to me about this stuff ma'am it's not gonna take that long other approach okay bring him out please and he says his little thing and then we move on but we so resistant man but like i said it had nothing to do with that it had something to do with them no of course yeah i'm only i'm only using as an example because that resistance that sometimes we introduce Uh it makes things harder oh yeah for sure there's things that like again going back to like the driving example it could just be a little thing and then we move on with our life but no my i said i'm chasing this person down let's say i'm I'm chasing for 10 miles Dude, my job was way back there. Yeah. My kid was at daycare. I was going to Publix to go to the grocery store, but I just stopped you for 10 miles. Mm-hmm. For what? Don't you know you cut me off? You boop, and you just going off on them? <laughs> Why am I putting all that energy into that? Mm-hmm. Let me just go back to what I was doing. You're only hurting yourself. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not benefiting me. Right. But we don't think about it often like that. We're just like, again, all that stuff that's in the background, we bring it up to the forefront and we mm-hmm. carry it into everything else that we do. Mm-hmm. So that's why we need to, and myself included, we need to take the time to reflect on things so we don't make that a continuous practice because mm-hmm. it doesn't serve us. Like none of us, it doesn't serve us. Well. Right. Any other thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. I covered it. Good. <laughs> you gave plenty of good examples. Okay. So we, we didn't actually touch on this one. This is kind of, we're kind of going backwards a little bit. Um, I'll use you again as an example. You, you, you kind of said something to the effect of it, but I want to be more clear in terms of characteristics or traits in a partner, mm-hmm. somebody that you want to be with. So we'll use your, your partner as an example. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you think that you needed from him slash need from him past and present to want to continue pursuing the relationship with him? What's most important for Maya? That self, that care. Like you have to, yeah, to show that you care. Like you, like you're not just there to be there. Like you're, mm-hmm. you care about what I'm saying to you. Like mm-hmm. 
and I'm just talking you talk yeah and then you you're, you're being my person basically you're because my mom was my person so so it would help if somebody you want to be with wants to not fulfill that role because you can't because it's your mom mm -hmm. but try somewhat to be that type of person for you yes because to me that's showing the love that you have for me honestly like because mm. if it's not there then do you really love me like i don't know no no that's good don't say i don't know that's good because mm -hmm. mom's then more of the example of what you feel like you need she she embodied qualities and traits that you feel that you would need from a partner Mm -hmm. that obviously she cannot provide even if she wanted to because she's your mom so you have a different type of relationship mm -hmm. but you want those things from your man yes that's fair do you feel like also have you done a fairly good job of expressing that to him yeah why yeah because i he i don't know when i try he just talks over me and i'm just can you give me an example can you show me an example like when that whole transportation thing happened and mm -hmm. he sped off, I was worried he was in my mom's, my mom was in his car. So I kind of did that, trying to speed off to the nursing home with him. And then on that, on my way to there, I called him to vent. And when I'm telling like when I'm venting to him, he's just mm -hmm. talking over me the whole time. What does he say? He's trying to give advice about it. Like he's trying to. Mm. Oh, wait, pause, pause. Beautiful example. Pause, pause, pause. Listen to this. I'm using your example, okay? I think this is a point where men and women are different. Totally. <laughs> men, I think we have trouble at times just being when our ladies want to talk about stuff. I think it's challenging for us because we naturally feel the inclination to do something about it. We feel like when our women share things with us, we need to actually address that issue in that moment. Definitely. But I have learned that that's not always the case. That a lot of times women just want to share, want to vent, but we don't know that. So one tip I would say real quick is I would encourage you to tell him you want to vent before you even start sharing. So he can set the expectation, I don't need to do anything other than be here. It's going to be hard, but okay. It can be. Mm -hmm. It can be. But listen, the reason why I'm saying is because I get what you're saying. When we hear it, it's the reason why I made that little announcement is that it's hard for us to hear stuff and not feel like, okay, so what do you want me to do? You want me to go chase the doctor down? You want me to go talk to the hospital? You want me to go get on customer service and go give them a hard time? What do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. You're like, yo, 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 stop. Just sit here with me. Right. Just give me your ears, look at me, and let me open up. I think a man's thinks, like a man's job is to provide and protect. Right. So it's when she does tell him those things, like you said, he feels like it's his job to do something about Correct. it. Correct. I would too. Yeah. But also, oh, so what? We going to beat up the doctor? What are we doing? And you're like, no, no, no. I didn't say I need you to do all that. See, you don't even listen to me. Mm -hmm. No, I heard what you said. You said you got upset because he showed up mad late and it bothered you. So you want to go do something about it? What do you want me to do? That makes sense. I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to listen. I literally mm -hmm. just called you to listen mm -hmm. so so you don't have to say that little last part that i just mentioned let me put it on the front end right what's his name reese 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 listen real quick so i just had a hell of a afternoon maybe it was 
Do you have a few minutes? Yeah, I do. All right. I just need to get some stuff off my chest. Do not think you need to do anything. I just need to say it so I don't lose my mind. Okay? All right. Okay, you want me to tell you how I started off? Sure. I started off trying to hold in my tears. Totally he like, fine. He was like, hello, hello. And I'm like, just give me a second. I need to get together real quick before I tell you what just happened. That's okay. And then I just went off and told him. Okay. So that's the reason why I mentioned that. Because you got to think about, and I know this seems like a lot to think about, but I'm always thinking about the net effect. Well, why do I have to do that? Because think about what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I feel like he was talking over me, but I asked you, what did he say? Mm -hmm. You said, he sounded like he was going into problem solving mode. So I said, that's what most men do. Mm -hmm. So that's not necessarily a Reese problem. That's just how men are, particularly from a traditional standpoint. We feel like we need to go into action. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean that you shouldn't still want him to listen to you, but you got to set the tone right off the bat. I need to talk to you about something. Okay, what? Just something that happened at work today. Um, I didn't. I didn't feel like opening up to anybody else about it, and I hope that you can give me some space to just let it out if that's okay mm -hmm. all right and then right because she knows what i'm gonna do mm -hmm. granted you're a woman so you're not necessarily thinking about the protection part like i would be but you understand still it's still beneficial so yeah. why is he telling me this for because he said he just wanted to share what do you think about that I looked at it as, a, as we've been together for so long, he should know that I'm just calling the freaking bit. Because if I called Ari, she would know. If I called my little brother, he would know. Hold on, hold on. Oh, this is a good confrontation moment. Hold on, Maya. Why would Ari know? Why? Why? How come she just knows? I'm using your word. She's my best friend. She. Cause which, which means wait, wait. But which means what? Well, how is she your best friend? What did you have to do for her to become your best friend? We've been through a lot together. Which like, means what? She did not train me. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying she did I that. guess she's have been through more situations than me and him have, I guess. Is that mm -hmm. what you're trying to say? You got history. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to bet you've opened up. I'm mm -hmm. willing to bet you have learned to share. Yeah. Because you've learned to that you can trust her. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Do you do that with him? Not as much as I do with her. Mm. And that's the problem. But then this. think about what you're saying. So I'm yeah. using your language. Uh -huh. But you're saying, why can't he be like Ari? Mm -hmm. How could he be? He don't got the longevity of the relationship like you and her have. Is that fair? We're talking about expectations. No. Is that fair? No. You got me there. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> and again, this isn't. This is not a. I don't want you to feel bad about this. This is more. Self-aware. Helping, helping us become more aware and educating mm -hmm. us. Sometimes we're going into situations. That's why I asked the question about expectations. We put, we unintentionally put all this stuff on other people, mm -hmm. but we don't tell them that those expectations are there. Mm -hmm. So how can they meet it? I'm over here comparing my man to one of my homegirls, one of my best friends, mm -hmm. maybe the best friend you might say. Mm -hmm. How is he supposed to measure up to her? You're right. How many years y'all known each other? I know you said like fifth grade, right? Fifth grade, yeah. So what? So like, 10 to what, 23, because you're the younger one, right? So like So 12, 13 years. 13 years, yeah. And you've been with him, you said two years, Reese? Four or five now. Okay, let's just say five. Let's mm -hmm. overestimate. Five. Eight-year age gap. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. but is that fair? No. It kind of is. It kind of gets in the way, like juggling my relationship with her and mm-hmm. her relationship with him. Okay. Um, there's a little bit of jealousy there. Of him? Of him? And about you? Yeah. Me. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not really jealous of him. Of course you're not, because you're securing the relationship. Mm-hmm. He. Yeah. It's an issue. What do you think about that? It makes when he sense. told you that. It- I just put it back in my head, honestly, because he doesn't like it when I'm with her. Like, and I would just say that's just your problems, that's your insecurities. Like, let's take it deeper. Do you think that it's actually that he doesn't like Ari, or do you think is that maybe he wants to get to know you in that deeper way, and because you go to Ari for most things, he doesn't have that opportunity? That last part. Yeah. Because that's how we grow. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a, I don't think it's that he doesn't like you. I think it might be more what you represent. Yeah, I don't think, that's yeah, what he says. Yeah. You, you, you represent that I can't get in all the way that I, the way I would like to because you maybe go to her for more things instead of going to him. Okay, because yeah, he does. When I'm texting her, he's like, he's, yeah, that makes sense. Because that's when I'm shutting out, when I'm shutting him out. Mm, okay, texting. see, now that, <laughs> see, those go beautifully together. Yeah, it's that. not. So I'm going to think about this. Oh, wait, hold on. That's another PSA. Mm-hmm. So if we're in a relationship and we have an issue with the partner, but we go to somebody else and any, the other person could be anybody. It could be our parent, our loved one, best friend, sibling, whoever. That is inherently, it doesn't matter if they're women or men. Mm-hmm. That's inherently going to create a level of insecurity. But it's not because he doesn't want to have security. It's because we need the opportunity. Like we said earlier, you have to let us in. Mm -hmm. But going back to Maya's example, I shut down when I'm upset. Right? Mm -hmm. I said, that's where y'all have in common. You both said that. We shut down when we're upset. Mm -hmm. So not only am I shutting down when I'm upset because I have an issue with you, I'm running to you to address the issue or to vent about it. Mm-hmm. What does that do? So we have an issue and I'm and my girlfriend is talking to her best friend about it. So my girlfriend and I can't actually resolve the problem because she's taking her perspective before she's even taking mine, even though we're the ones that are dating. Right. You see what I'm laying down there? Yeah. That can make it difficult for anybody, mm-hmm. anybody. That's not disrespect to you and your relationship with her, but you have a different kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're trying to create intimacy with each other. We're not talking about just physical. We're talking about the emotional connection you have with that person. Mm-hmm. You cannot create that without vulnerability. You cannot create intimacy without vulnerability. If you don't want to talk about stuff, how am I supposed to know you? Right. How? Yeah, that makes sense. It does. So. And again, it's nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. It's what she represents. Mm-hmm. She's probably your safe space. She is. And she's mine. Right. So you you might be in the same situation. I'm not saying that you are, but mm-hmm. just for the sake of the example, if I was trying to get to know you and we're trying to have a relationship, but every time we run into an issue, you run and tell her about what we're dealing with. It doesn't mean you should never share, by the way. It's not an extreme. Mm-hmm. But if you don't try to resolve and deal with it with me first, 
number one, you're inviting in an outside party always. So it's like there's a three wheel relationship we have going on here yeah. or poly. But also it doesn't allow us to grow in our relationship. Because instead of you learning to problem solve with me, you run to her to try to fix things or you run to her to provide you comfort instead of coming to me. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to comfort because I don't always text her on the problems. It's just she's my comfort. Mm-hmm. So I shut you down. You're the source of my problem, my pain. Shut you down. Running to my safe space mm-hmm. or my happy place. Mm-hmm. Now I feel good about it. But then when do we resolve it? Because my issue is not with you. Right. So I'm running to you to give me comfort. But you're the one I have the issue with. So when do I actually deal with stuff? Mm-hmm. We, we don't. Can you see it? Those are, those are counterintuitive. They don't work together. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say we don't have relationships or best friends. That's not the answer, but I have to understand how I'm choosing to engage in that relationship. If I don't deal with the issue with the person that I have it with, Mm -hmm. we won't move forward. And there's nothing really you need to do about it. Only suggestion I would have is, did you talk about it with him? Mm -hmm. And if she says no, Why not? Why don't you go talk to him now? Mm -hmm. I'll help you calm down. You need to go deal with it with him. Yeah. Have you ever tried that? No. She helps me calm down, but she... Which is fair. Have you ever ever tried that with her? On the roles reverse? If she had an issue with a guy, but she came to you for comfort, like she said, she does as well. You ever push her to say, hey, you need to go deal with that with him after you've calmed down? I tell her to communicate. What does that mean? Because she's communicating with me and I'm like, are you saying that to him? Yeah, that is a question she always says. But now that but now that we have our cards on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Ask yourself another question. If we both have established, meaning you and you, mm-hmm. that we're both our sources of comfort and we don't always deal with the person that we got wronged by or feel wronged by, right? What's the likelihood that I'm going to, even if you tell me, go communicate with him. What's the likelihood I'm going to do that? Because I'm still creating the, the space for you to be comfortable here, to deal with it here, which is to not deal with it, by the way. Right. I'm still creating that space for you. Here, come here, sit down. We'll lay on the couch. But we're not dealing with the stuff. Yeah. So then it perpetuates. And then, I'm, and then eventually, I might feel some type of way towards you. Why are you always going to Maya every time we have an issue? Because she makes me feel safe. Why don't you let me help you feel safe? Mm-hmm. This isn't the first time that's ha- like that has happened because my relationship with my kid's father, mm. <laughs> he was also jealous of our relationship. Mm. I'm sensing a theme. Yeah. And <laughs> it just created this big huge mess that makes sense though the way you put it yeah so we do both <laughs> you, probably, you probably lean on each other a lot which yeah. is not a bad thing by the way it's not but maybe you're doing it too much mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to issues with a partner mm-hmm. you got to deal with your partner because unfortunately i'm sure you know because if it could work it would have worked already unfortunately talking to ari about it doesn't fix the problem with him and you talking about the problem with it with your ex doesn't fix or talking with Maya doesn't fix the problem with him. Mm-hmm. You have to go to the person. 
mm-hmm. if you want to if you want to fix it i think another thing with us doing that is because we tried with that person how many times i don't know how many times you and reese have no, speak for yourself for me it was a few times i tried with him but it was so much easier to talk to her of course it was like i clamp yeah i just clam up with him mm-hmm. but everything that i wanted to say in the moment with him comes out with her spills right out do you know why that is because she's my comfort correct <laughs> because you guys created that not because maya's that special and you're that special you guys built that over 13 years yeah that's why makes sense so people don't we don't just develop comfort instantaneously you have to build it yeah the same thing with the relationship right i have to put in the effort like we don't unfortunately i know this because i have to build relationships with people all the time Mm -hmm. unfortunately on day one it's not like oh my god i'm gonna spill my spill my whole soul out to you no they're looking at me like i gotta see if i even want to tell you right i have a good feeling about you because we talked because i talked to them once before but i don't know you Mm-hmm. So I'm going to see how much I want to share with you. I'm going to see how I feel. What's the vibe, the energy like between me and you, between me and you. Mm-hmm. And I'll see and decide if I want to share that information with you or not. So that's how it starts. Mm-hmm. But you guys got 13 years in the game. So of course there's going to be inherent comfort. You've put 13 years in. Mm-hmm. It's like a marriage. It is. Right? Mm-hmm. So if I want my relationship with my partner to even have a fraction of the level of connection that I have with you or with you, mm-hmm. I got to put in the effort, which means I maybe can't run to you every single time I have an issue. I need to deal with it with you. Or if I'm you, same thing. Right. If I wanted to grow to that point where I feel like you just know me. Because mm-hmm. nobody just knows anybody. You've let me in so much that I know a lot about you. I still don't know you, but I know a lot about you because you've let me know so much about you and I appreciate that. Do you see the difference? Yeah. I'll work on it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's not gonna go that easy at first. It's okay, change is different. It's challenging. At least we're aware about it now. Yeah, Yeah. because we never looked at it like that. I was just like, what's the issue? Because I'm just so used to being there for her. Think about what you just said. I'm used to. Yeah, it's just like. Of course, you're used to. Mm-hmm. You put that much time in. <laughs> I mean, you should. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to you because we're trying to build something. Mm-hmm. Just like you guys built it. The difference is maybe, maybe, because you've had a relationship for so long, you forgot that you built it. Yeah. You've gotten so comfortable with things, you, you forgot that there was a time yeah. that you didn't know each other. Because we were so young at the time. Correct. We were kids. Right. But it started somewhere. You didn't come out your mother's womb saying, oh, yep, that's my bestie. (laughs) Yeah. You had to build it over years. Right. So now you're like, oh, okay. Now I feel more comfortable with you. Now I can tell you just about anything. Mm -hmm. But then your guy, and that's interesting, right? Your guy said the same thing. you, You felt like they were jealous or they had an issue with the way you guys were approaching maybe communication with issues that you guys were having with your partner, Mm -hmm. but you're running to your comfort, which doesn't allow you to deal with it. And it effectively keeps them on ice all the time Mm -hmm. because you're not letting them in. Yeah. It makes, it's like you're watching us. Yeah. 
<laughs> Absolutely. It's like the audience right now. Like, let's say I was trying to deal with an issue and they're just watching us like, I can't do anything for you, man. You guys are in the moment. You actually get to deal with the stuff. I don't have that privilege because you don't let me in to actually know you in that way. That to me is a real intimacy. Yeah. Put your guard all the way down. You're not even thinking about how I might perceive things as much. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying in a perfect world. I'm saying this is practical. I feel so comfortable with you because we put in so much effort that I can tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. I can be honest with you. I'm not saying always right in that moment. I might need, you know, to collect myself or collect my thoughts, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you everything because that's how much I value you. That's what vulnerability is. That's why I call it a privilege because mm -hmm. a lot of people who are in relationships, they don't know the real person because mm -hmm. they don't tell them a lot of that stuff that really they think about or that right. they've struggled with. I get to learn a lot of that. And I do consider it a privilege because that takes a lot for somebody to let their guard down to want you in. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that might be a point where you might want to consider how you guys are approaching that because especially if you're noticing it happened with both of you, mm -hmm. these guys, they're not the same person and yet they came to a similar conclusion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why I would challenge any of us if you hear a lot of people saying the same thing, it doesn't mean they're right, but just at least be curious. Why did they both say the same thing? We were curious. Yeah, we, we both knew. we were both like, "What's the like, issue?" Why do you feel like that? It's like, like it's so normal for us. So like, what's of course what's is. going on? And then not only that, my ex was more. I feel like he was way worse than Reese. Like way worse. But he would just like not even like me texting her. And I think it was mm -hmm. more like you value her way more than you value me and we're supposed to be together. Wow. Beautifully said. And which I did. Mm -hmm. So how do you think that feels being the man in that situation? To hear somebody like, let me reflect back to you what you said. Because mm -hmm. we're all sitting here, right? So we're in a relationship and you say, I feel like you value Maya more than you do me as your partner. And you're like, of course I do. That was my exact answer, <laughs> which. So that's what I'm saying. So now think about, so I'm, I'm your guy. Yeah. And you say, of course I value her more than you, but you're trying to build with me, mm -hmm. that would but you're telling me right now to my face that yeah. you value her way more than me. Yeah. How do you think that might make me feel? Um, hurt. Yeah. Um, angry. Possibly. Cause you're building trying to build with me mm -hmm. but i'm over here wanting to continue to build with her mm -hmm. when i should be building with you that's right Cause she's always going to be there right mm -hmm. that's your friend yeah it's my best friend right <laughs> sure that's your best friend and it doesn't have to take away from that yeah right but we're trying to build something mm -hmm. so it inherently makes it harder it doesn't have to be an either or mm -hmm. this is again not it's not black or white thinking it's not my best friend or my boyfriend or right. my best friend or my partner. That's how sometimes we frame that stuff. Mm -hmm. When we say things like you're jealous. Uh -huh. yes. It's not about that. But you're not creating an environment to allow me to feel secure. Because you're essentially telling me that this person is always a threat to us. Because when we're trying to build something, you run to her. Man, that's exactly how you So how, how are, again, how are we supposed to build? I will tell you this. No man could ever overcome that. 
if somebody tells you that I don't get you put the most perfect man into existence right now mm -hmm. and you yeah. tell him that no man will ever overcome that mm -hmm. every man will feel hurt probably devastated and eventually he'll leave hopefully if he respects himself he'll leave because he'll recognize he's always going to be at arm's length from her yeah because she's like I don't need you going back to what we were talking earlier about needing I don't need you I got Maya what do I need you for that's another way to interpret that. I don't need to let you in because she fulfills that need. Mm -hmm. But I thought we were having a relationship. Shouldn't I fulfill that need? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? I get it. I don't know. I think your, your predicament is different. Because he made you stop being friends with me. At one yeah, point. we... Well, backtrack when her mom had that stroke mm -hmm. we weren't friends uh okay for two years right. and it was because of him and it was because of him so when she, even when she stepped out of the picture mm -hmm. it was still a problem it was they still even... nothing was being fixed follow-up question at that point that maya was not in the picture were you then allowing him in yes so you because were... Maya was the only other person mm. and that wasn't there. Yeah. So you were telling him all the stuff that you used to tell her. I would, he was all I had to run to. And what would, what would he say in those situations? It was nothing like talking to her. Sure. It was, no, we've already established that. Yeah, it's, not, it it's, was, not, it's never going to be like Maya. So let's go beyond that. It was more of like, I don't even know how to explain I it. I think he took advantage of it. Cause he basically threw it in her face here and there. I could see that. I, the, the reason I'm trying to I'm trying to talk, trying to get the totality of that picture, because it, it sounds like, and I'm not I'm not saying this to justify his response, but it sounds like maybe there was not any. And you might think this doesn't sound right, but there may not have been any repair work that was done by you, to really acknowledge him, and what had happened. To the fact that he was not allowed in previously when Maya was there because mm -hmm. it sounds like when he gave you that point it was like an ultimatum type deal mm -hmm. like it's her or me it was you chose him so you let her go you were probably resentful about it and as a result I imagine you might have still been a bit guarded because you're like you made me I'm not saying you did but maybe in your mind you made me throw my best friend away that's exactly to deal with that situation so maybe you weren't as open as you think you were I, I think so because that's when we would sit down and I just shut down yeah so that's a beautiful example so even though Maya was physically not present what what she represented was still present meaning you didn't go to anybody at that point you chose instead of having that outlet to just shut it all down. Yeah. And so that then he didn't still, have the opportunity still to still get to kept know him you angry. Way. Yes. So then, and then, so then the thoughts and the feelings that he already had just perpetuated, they just built on top of each other. Yeah. Because then I got so angry when not having my best friend, I just told him to just go. So, the, like, I, because he was telling me, like, you're still not talking to me. You're still, like, that's what I was going to say. So, do you, but do you recognize that? So, you never actually addressed the issue. It sounds like the only thing you did is you just removed Maya from the scenario 
but he told you he felt the exact same way because that means something didn't change yeah so then could you understand that why he would still be upset by that now yes because that's again that's like the black and white thinking we think okay i'll just get rid of her mm-hmm. it's not about maya that's not looking deep enough that's it's what maya represents mm-hmm. i think you're a great person I don't think he had an issue with her. Mm-hmm. But if I'm guarded and Maya is the only person I allow in, what I think he might have really been trying to say, maybe he didn't word it the right way, mm-hmm. was I want you to let me in. Mm-hmm. I don't want Maya to be the only person in because mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be building with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it just didn't change <laughs> nothing changed and that is and when i said earlier i feel like everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. is because i needed to go through that type of stuff with him to become self-aware and be able to open up and be able to talk and sure. really like even if the relationship was toxic and i lost my best friend we mm-hmm. both were going through it sure and i what i'm trying to say is it all happened for a reason it made us who we are today basically true but like even though it was so toxic and everything like that now i know wait i don't let me ask you a follow up what makes you think that that was toxic he was toxic yeah no no i'm not talking about his behavior i'm just talking about that example i, I don't i don't want to jump to something i'm not i'm not characterizing him as a man because my I don't know example him. of us like arguing and maya yeah, being no, in- yeah the whole thing we just talked about with maya specifically are you talking are you saying that was toxic or are you saying him as an individual you feel like he was him as an individual okay because i was clarifying the reason yeah. why i pushed back is i want to say like that i don't think that that was toxic. no i think that that was reasonable mm-hmm. like a reasonable response that anybody would give yeah if they're not being allowed to be closer to their partner mm-hmm. i don't think anybody would tolerate that for any extraordinary amount of time like man, woman, it doesn't matter. I think if you feel like you're on the outside, eventually you're going to leave because you're already on the outside. So what difference does it make? Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? I do. That doesn't take away anything else that he did. But again, I want to go deeper. Sometimes we set ourselves down these paths to make things harder than they need to be. Yeah. It doesn't mean it doesn't justify or excuse what people do to be clear. But sometimes we bring out the worst of people because we're not addressing stuff like we just using that example. So it's kind of like, what do you expect to happen? Mm-hmm. It's only going to degrade further because the issue that Maya keeps telling me she has with me, I'm not dealing with it. So what is Maya going to do? First, she was talking to me. I'm going back to you now. Mm-hmm. First, you were talking to me. You were being more patient. Now, what did you say? I'm not trying to say it nicely no more because mm-hmm. I feel like you should have it. But if that person doesn't fully understand where I'm coming from, they can't address the issue. Right. Which leaves who really upset? Maya. Mm-hmm. Ari. He's saying, I'm angry. You're not letting me in. I don't care that you got rid of Maya. You're still not letting me in. Yeah. We got to deal with that part. Then maybe some of those other issues that happened didn't have to happen. It's like the snowball effect. Right. It builds. Mm-hmm. You have one issue, then another one, then another one, then another one. Then you start talking about what you're going to get to in a second. Then we start talking about leaving. Mm-hmm. Oh, I couldn't deal with it anymore. This person was just a, a horrible individual. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not a horrible person. Mm-hmm. A lot of people need to grow. 
a lot of people need to be self-aware. A lot of people need to put in the effort to change for the better. But I also want us to understand we play a role. We must have accountability and responsibility. We add to the demise of our relationships. It is not 100% any other person. Very, very rarely is it 100% somebody else's fault. And I mean, it has to be a terrible situation, truly, Mm -hmm. for them to be like that. A lot of times we bring things into it or we ignore things or we don't address things. And that sets the stage or the right conditions for us to tell ourselves, I got to get out of here. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, you don't have to agree with that. That's my take. What do you all think about that? Um, Let me think about it for a second. Sure. Maya? I agree with you, honestly. I got a lot to work on, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, working is okay. I'm just glad I'm aware about it now. Because at first I had no, I had no idea what, what to change. I was honestly thinking I I shouldn't be in a relationship right now Mm. because I have so much going on. Sure. Which you can take that one of two ways to give you some more time. Sometimes you can work on stuff in the relationship. Sometimes you can't. Mm -hmm. I don't know because I don't know enough about you and your situation, but Mm -hmm. I think it can go one of those two ways. It just depends on how willing your partner is to work with you how willing you are to work with them. Can you guys create a good environment where you know and recognize there's things you're trying to do to improve yourself, to ultimately improve the relationship? If both parties can agree to that and put in the effort, I think that it can work. Mm -hmm. I don't think we have to leave, but I also recognize sometimes we do. Because sometimes I'm so deep in my own stuff, I can't give you what you really deserve. And I told him that already. Because I do feel like that. Mm. But you said you now you have awareness. So now you can look at it and say, okay, let me see how I choose to handle these things. You know, if I approach them in a more direct way, mm-hmm. you never know. See, I'm, I'm a realist, but I'm always an optimist. I know it can work. I want people to work through things and stop quitting. Mm-hmm. That's my personal take. Again, you don't have to agree. But I do think a lot of times we prematurely leave relationships that could work out because we perceive it as it's not worth the effort. But then when we peel the layers back, Mm -hmm. we start to understand there's some stuff I'm not doing, which is why we're not progressing. So I can't put it all on you like you're the problem. I'm also contributing to the problem. And he tries to tell me that he just doesn't word it like you. <laughs> That's okay. I wouldn't expect him to. <laughs> also, how, how old is Reese? He's 25. Okay, so I got 11 years on him. Yeah, I don't expect him to talk like me. <laughs> it takes a while. And he doesn't do what I do. So I have to... I have to really think about how I share things because I don't want people to be offended. Right. I don't want people to feel disrespected. I want us to learn mm-hmm. so we can do better. All of us. Me too. I'm not perfect. I try to be the best version of myself so that when I want to be with somebody, mm-hmm. it's easier for me to expect that because I put it out there. Just like I said earlier about respect and communication, those things are vital to me. I will not tolerate that mm-hmm. from anybody not having it. 
but I can say that because I put it out there. I'm always going to respect you and communicate with you and respect you and communicate with you because you deserve that from me. I deserve that from you. Mm -hmm. So I demand it. Right. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean you guys got to be me, but that's my approach because I feel like I'm big on being fair. I feel like that is fair mm -hmm. to expect what I'm going to give. Any thoughts on that? Did you think of something that you wanted to say? <laughs> I kind of have a lot to say. Sure. <laughs> go wherever you want to go well, with it. For me, I feel like we've been talking a lot about relationships, mm -hmm. but for me, I'm single as well. So mm -hmm. right now in my life, I feel like being 23, I'm working on myself more. But when you just said um, about some people feel like they need to step out because they need to work more on themselves, like it's not quitting, but yeah, I feel I'm, I mean, I don't, wasn't really a relationship, but it was kind of like building a really like a friendship type thing. And it got a little bit more serious, mm -hmm. but then stronger feelings started getting involved. And then we both kind of just backed away. Like mm -hmm. it was kind of a little too Like maybe strong. too heavy, too strong, too fast. Yeah. So it also like it hurt. But at the same time, I respect it because he did communicate with me that mm. there were things that he has suppressed and pushed to the back of his mind that Beautiful. he still needs to work on. There you go. That's good communication. And that's why I respect, we both respect our boundaries. And he also did tell me that in the beginning, I did set my expectations and my standards on the table and my boundaries and mm. let him know what I was looking for. Yeah. And, um, he ended up telling me later on down the road that he just feels like he can't give me those things right now, which I respect a lot. Absolutely. Because it's, you don't get that a lot. These it's days. hard not to respect that when people are real with you like that. Mm -hmm. And you can still be kind. Mm -hmm. I know it's still going to hurt. I'm not under any delusion that these things yeah. don't hurt. They absolutely hurt. For sure. But we can be kind. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be cruel. Right. You can still say what you need to say. Softer. And it's still going to be difficult because you don't maybe want those things to end in the cases that they do. But like you said, I think it's easier for to feel better about that situation and say, you know what? The fact that you were able to communicate that to me, I can have a lot of, and hold a lot of respect for you because of the way you conducted yourself, right. which obviously means you respect me. It's hard to get angry at that. It, yeah. It's more upset. Right. <laughs> I, again, I can still be hurt, Yeah. but I'm not maybe hurt about your approach. I'm like, damn. You were real. Like, what can I say? Which I respected a lot. Usually you have a guy these days go out of their way to do some dumb shit mm. to make you mad, to make you walk away because they're too much of a coward. Could be. To not tell you Absolutely. or communicate with you. Absolutely. Because I've had that That's before. true too. Yeah. Absolutely. It's That's, that's the complexity, right? Mm -hmm. Some people need to do their own work. There's a lot of people, I ain't even touch on this yet, but... I would just say this, and then if you guys want to take it, you can. If not, we'll, we'll mm -hmm. move on. There's a lot of people I've seen, both through my experiences personally and professionally with the men that I've talked to and some women that I've talked to. There's a lot of people who put themselves out there to date that aren't ready. Like they're just not. Mm -hmm. They got a lot of stuff that they need to deal with. But they portray themselves 
like they are. Mm -hmm. And then when you try to get with them or get to know them and things like that, courtship, like we were talking about earlier with opening the doors and picking me up, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you're not doing all those things because you got some other stuff you need to deal with. And it increases the frustration on both sides because mm -hmm. yeah. the other person's like, man, I really like you. You're a really cool person. I would like to get to know you more, but you put yourself out there too soon. Timing matters. You weren't ready. And so we don't get that opportunity and maybe we'll never get that opportunity again, mm -hmm. you know, cause we'll move on. So the reason why I bring that up is because to me, I would rather us take our time and do our work. Mm -hmm. If we're single, do our work, which you can do before you decide to start dating, before you put yourself out there. What, what would you all say? Or do you want to take that? I, I think that's what you're doing right now. That is what I'm doing right now. Okay because I don't want to get in a relationship and have a relationship like my past where I can't speak to them. We're not getting anywhere. I'm right. I hope we've established that. Yeah. Today. <laughs> constantly getting I'm, angry. I'm proud of you. Cause she, she does get lonely. <laughs> She's we all do. Of course we do, but it makes sense though. Like, mm -hmm. There's like, uh, I would say like internal versus external loneliness. Like I'm internally lonely even if I have friends there mm -hmm. or I have a partner there, but I don't let them in. Mm -hmm. That's when people say this expression, like there's a room full of people around me, but I still feel alone because mm -hmm. I don't let anybody in, in the realest of ways, not just you're sitting on my couch. Right. How much of you do you really allow me to get to know about you? Right. right. But. And then the other side is people just generally not having folks around that they care about, like which you guys don't have because you have that ability to have each other. But I hope we have maybe used this as a good example. She can't be your everything. She can't be your everything because you're not going to date unless you guys are going to date each other. <laughs> no. Okay. So <laughs> that means that some element of that has to go to the side. Mm -hmm. So this whole, I have an issue with you, my partner, but I'm running to Ari, I'm running to Maya, that probably isn't sustainable if I want this relationship over here to work. Mm -hmm. Which hurts. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> but you also understand, right? You're like, yeah, but I'm, but this isn't my girlfriend. Yeah. This is my best friend. Right. It's different. It's different roles, mm -hmm. different responsibilities, mm -hmm. different things I might need from you or I might be able to give to you. Yeah. Versus that romantic type of relationship where we both know, we all know, excuse mm -hmm. me, there's different expectations. Mm -hmm. We can be real about that. Yeah. It's not the same. No. So I think if we speak about it in that way and you notice from the past and you notice from the past, I was told this from a partner mm -hmm. that maybe we need to listen to your point and do something about it. Yeah. I'm glad we brought it up. I just, yeah, I just don't think we were aware like we needed to be because we kind of, then we kind of both looked at him like, what is your problem? Oh yeah. <laughs> and listen, that that's why, and I'm not against, I'm I'm definitely not against talking to friends or family because I think you can get good perspective. Mm -hmm. But let me throw a little caveat in there too. You guys tell me if I'm wrong. Hmm. When we go to our friends and our family, here's the question. Do we really expect them to always be objective or do we ask them things or tell them things knowing that they're going to take our side? It depends on the person you're coming to. Yeah. So we're talking about you two. Do you think that when she's giving you feedback, Maya, when Ari, when she's giving you feedback, 
are you always looking for an objective response or are you saying like, oh man, she's going to have my back. So if I say he was foul, she's going to say he was foul. No, I think I'm it goes back. Yeah. It always, up. Yeah. So I hope you do the same for me. <laughs> I do. It's not, we don't sugarcoat anything. Okay. So you guys think, so you, you're saying you are more, you don't have a problem being confrontational if you need to, again, just to make right. the point, not confrontational in a, right. in a fighting. She would tell me like straight up, you're being dumb. I okay. see where he's coming from. Okay. Mm -hmm. Respect. Yeah. I only ask because in a lot of cases, like that's not what we get. I like know. we yeah. tell people because we want them to take our side that in, in, I would take it a step further. And that, again, that doesn't have to be true for you all, but for a lot of people, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, even when we tell stories, we tell it from our standpoint, mm -hmm. our viewpoint, whether intentionally or unintentionally, yeah. we don't tell the whole story. We tell stories that match what we already think and how we already feel. Mm -hmm. So if I say he's a low down piece of this, well, why do you say that? You might say to Maya, well, you know, he did this, this, and this, but what she selectively removed was what she did to antagonize him to make him do those things. Yeah. And then all you're looking at is the select information that you had. And you're like, yeah, he's a piece of this. And I've already formed an opinion. Correct. Yeah. Which now you have feelings and you're going to act a certain way towards him. Mm -hmm. We talk about that thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. It's like a chain thing we talk about mm -hmm. in cognitive behavioral therapy. So if I already formulate that opinion about you, so now I'm not going to treat you well, I'm probably going to say things like, you should leave him, girl. He, you know, he ain't doing nothing with his life. You know, he's not going to be about this. Who's going to support you? You know, I got your back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what she says. Yep. Right? <laughs> but how can he, well, as we have already established, how can he have your back? You ain't letting him have your back. Right. Yeah. 100%. So awareness mm -hmm. is important. That's step one. Then you got to get to action. You got to do something about it. Awareness is great. A lot of people are aware and they don't do nothing about it. Mm -hmm. So the second step is you need to get into the action phase for all of us if we want to improve the situation. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, don't expect things to change. Right. Expect more of the same. Otherwise, we're speaking and thinking delusionally. Mm -hmm. does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Any other thoughts on that before we continue? Mm -mm. Pretty much covered every, every part of that. <laughs> okay. So one of the last questions, kind of, we've sort of been touching on it, but I want to get more clear on it. So I'll go back to you, Ari. So when it comes to exiting relationships, you can use your ex as an example or any other situation you've had in the past. When do you feel or what do you feel if it happens is an automatic, I got to walk away? What would like what would make me walk away? Yeah. Um What are the circumstances? If I give you a chance, because like you said, people only show you what they want you to see mm -hmm. in dating. So if we're dating and then I realize you have no ambition, no drive. Goes back to Maya's point. Um you just don't want to do anything with yourself. You don't even have day-to-day -day goals. Mm. And I feel like I'm constantly telling you, like, you know, at first I'll motivate you. I'll give you the chance. Yeah. Nothing's changing. That's, I think that's my big thing why I would leave if nothing's changing. If we're constantly going at it, we've done, we've done different things to see if the situation will change. Mm-hmm. 
and nothing changing, I, that's when I would walk away. So if you feel like he's not receptive to change or maybe receptive to feedback from you. Yeah. That's something you're like, hey, I don't think I can stick this out. Yeah, right. Okay. I mean, it's not the only thing. Like, no, of course, was, like other little any, things. Anything else in like, addition to that? Um, if you've broken my trust with you. And then, you know, I feel like, well, that's different. Because Do you think it's possible to repair? You think I, it's like, that's well, what once I was, it's done, it's done. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I don't know if, because I hear about, like, people on other podcasts say that if, like, oh, my husband cheated on me, I forgave him, mm -hmm. but I keep bringing up the issue. Pause. So you just said in another podcast they mentioned uh, maybe a wife saying my husband cheated on me and I forgave him but I keep bringing it up correct right like it's still bothering me right so I would say they haven't dealt with it mm -hmm. those are more words mm -hmm. they haven't actually dealt with the difficulty of how do you establish again trust and I take trust a step deeper and say trust to me is confidence Mm -hmm. Trust is the confidence that I can believe what you say when you say it to me. And when you break it, I question what you say now. So I'm not sure when you tell me you're here, if you're there. I'm not sure if you're saying you're doing these things, that you're doing these things. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So it makes me question. I would make the case, this is my personal opinion, that you can repair it. If the person that you wronged is willing to allow you to, and you're willing to put in the effort mm -hmm. on their terms mm -hmm. because you violated them, I think it's possible. But to your point, I think sometimes we're not clear about what that really means. Mm -hmm. So we say things like, oh yeah, I forgave him girl, or yeah, you know, man, she messed up, but you know, we're in a better place. But if I'm bringing something up, that by definition means you have not dealt with it. Right. Or otherwise it would not keep coming up. But because I say that, I think if, I was in a relationship and somebody stepped out on me. I don't, I would just, I would walk away. Okay. In my opinion, I would, because you could have just told me, you know, Hey, it's not working. Mm -hmm. I really feel myself about to step out. Me communication is a big thing. And if sure. you're, if you have a mouth and you have a voice, you can tell me how you feel Sure. rather than going behind my back. I think it takes a lot more work to go behind somebody's back and be conniving behind like behind closed doors instead of just coming to me and telling me. I agree. So I feel like <laughs> I would walk away. I agree with that. The only pushback I would give you is to your point about the relationship with Maya in that if we don't establish that level of comfort, then maybe I don't feel comfortable enough to actually tell you the truth. Right. Doesn't mean that I should step out on you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that. But I also have to understand if I don't create the environment that I want my man to speak up to me, he's not going to. Right. And if, he, if another woman presents herself and she does want to give him that comfort, I shouldn't be surprised that he's going to go to her mm -hmm. because she's willing to give him something that I'm not. And that's usually why people step out. Mm -hmm. But it's not always because they can't get it. To your point, it's not that you can't get that level of comfort, but if I don't give us the chance to, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to build with you and then Maya comes along and she's like, yeah, man, like, come talk to me and I'm pouring my soul out to you. Mm -hmm. 
because you make me feel safe, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell you. We're just going to grow distant. I'm not saying that's the way it should be. I'm saying a lot of times that's that what happens. happens. Yeah. We should talk about it if we're all healthy, responsible, mature adults. Right. But I also understand everybody ain't going to do that. So they'll do more of what that is. And I'll just keep drifting closer and closer to you because you allow us to be able to get to that level. Right. Yeah. This is the complexity. <laughs> like nothing. That's what I mean to say. I'm like, nothing is black and white. I'm looking at the expressions on you guys' face throughout our talk. Well, I'm just thinking because I, I did that. Like in the beginning of our relationship, I wasn't faithful because I didn't, we didn't really put a name on her. Anymore. Sure. So at, that's why I'm like, I used to be like you, but because I feel like he would be the only one I wouldn't just because I don't know. He's really, he's like the only one I've ever, ever trusted. He never made me feel. Mm. And just like you said, if I wasn't giving it to him, I don't, I don't blame him to go and get somewhere else. And I've Absolutely. always said that cause I, I don't give it to him what he needs. But he's never actually done it. He's always just stayed. Mm. So I really. Something you want to work on it because you don't want to assume he's always going to stay. Because no person is always going to stay. N none of, none of us. Let me make that point. Mm -hmm. None of us have that luxury. Like the reason why relationships are so hard because nothing is guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Even a marriage, nothing is guaranteed. We have to keep putting in the work, as often as possible to continue to choose each other right. to continue to work on ourselves as individuals so that the relationship can last not just survive but thrive mm -hmm. there's a difference there is a difference once i'm just trying to get it through my day-to-day -day, man mm -hmm. the other one's like yo we comfortable what you trying to do today we can make a lot of things happen because we've put in the effort to build ourselves up to that point mm -hmm. it's a very different experience but a lot of us don't, you know, we haven't had those examples, so we don't know any different. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's what relationships look like. Not necessarily. Yeah. And I feel like these days it's a lot easier to cheat. What do you mean? Social media. Possibly. I would say the possibilities like, there. Well, not what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for? Lust. Oh, yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. That's what I'm Who's saying. primarily on social media? Women. Showcasing what? Them, themselves. and butts. <laughs> and men will look. Mm -hmm. Of course we're going to look. It's, again, we're, we're wired that way. Mm -hmm. For those of us, again, that are heterosexual. We're wired that way. Mm -hmm. So we always going to appreciate it. If you're going to put it out there, we're not going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> Avert my eyes. <laughs> we're not going to do that. Right. But... Again, that depends on all on how you present. It, it matters for me too. If I don't present myself in a way that you find appealing, mm -hmm. what you gonna do? You gonna curve me? You're like, I'm not taking that dude seriously. You see how he, you see how he tried to come up to me? Mm -hmm. He was dressed like this. He talked like this. He smelled like this. Ooh, this is what he talked about. Conversations before. You gonna be looking at him like, nah, nah. Yeah. We feel similarly. She came dressed like this. Oh yeah, she'll be a lot of fun. Okay. I'm not taking her serious. Right. Absolutely not. She got to get some things together if she wants me to look at her in that way. And you only get one first impression. That makes sense. I do that with guys. I do that. So it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. 
what you put on in, on social media as well. I'm definitely like, yeah. Yeah. I loved having that conversation. I'm like, yo, it's still you. Mm-hmm. I think some people think like it's like an avatar of them. No, that's you. That's all I know about you. Right. So you might want to consider how you portray yourself. It's like, it's how li- literally how you present yes. yourself to I think the of, world. I, I think about that. I'm not like, I don't live on social media because thankfully I was born and, and discovered who I am way before social media was even a thing. Good for you. But I do understand your generation, my son, I think my son and your kids are probably in a different generation, but their generation and beyond, mm-hmm. it's very normal. Mm-hmm. So like my son doesn't have social media. I have no intention on allowing him to have it. Wow. Because it's hard enough being a kid. It really is. It's hard enough trying to figure out who you are. You don't need to be comparing yourself to all these other people online and what they have and what you think they don't have or looking at how they choose to present themselves. You get no context for what's going on behind that perfect picture or that perfect video or perfect quote. That makes sense because my mom was like that. I always wanted a MySpace. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's what I grew up with. MySpace was cool. She did not. I didn't have social media until what seventh, eighth grade, middle mm-hmm. school. Yeah, both of us. That's yeah, like wine for it, honestly, because it was yeah. a thing. So I, I like your parenting style. That's yeah, because to me, it's it, I know. I mean, I know what it's like to be a young man, so I can empathize with my son. It's hard enough. It is. The last Even thing I want to do is make it harder for him mm-hmm. and start thinking like, you know, am I less than? Uh, are these kids more special than me why do they have these things and and i don't yeah i don't want that ever to be a thought in his mind so i know that that to me is a form of not to be clear not that i demonize social media i think it can be a great set of tools Mm -hmm. to reach people Mm -hmm. to build community to foster connection i think it's possible Mm -hmm. i don't personally have all of that experience yet because i'm relatively new to it Mm -hmm. but I do think that it is possible, but I think that we get lost in it, which is why I asked you the question about with, with especially you guys are a little bit older, young girls take 10 years off of your age. Imagine a young girl, 13, 14, 15 years that old, did happen to me. how challenging that might be. Bodies are changing. Maybe there's more comparison complex. Maybe there's online bullying and shaming. I'll be honest. I think that like, makes it harder. Well, I actually catfished because I felt like that. Mm. So, see. Well, for us, we 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 were growing up when it was just like getting started, yeah. like Snapchat. Like the birth of it, it. Yeah. <laughs> so we would, I mean, for me, mm-hmm. I would find myself comparing myself to other people online, see? and it made me insecure. Why don't I have those things? Why don't I have mm-hmm. those shoes? You know. Yeah. It, I can see it. Like I've I've had young clients, so I've talked to them Mm -hmm. because obviously I don't know what that's like. Because again, I just I know who I am, Mm -hmm. but I've listened to them and the way that they've described themselves, and it 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 saddens me. Mm -hmm. They're like, again, like, am I not worth as much because I don't have X, Y, and Z like she does, like he does? He got the new Jordans. Why can't I? How come I don't got them? I feel like that's why people catfish. Yeah. Or people misrepresent themselves, right? right That's yeah. all catfishing is. Mm-hmm. I'm misrepresenting who I really am or what I'm about. Mm-hmm. And I think that, again, this is not anti-social media. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But I think we got to understand the impact that it can play in our lives, in our kids' lives. And I hope for your children's sake, it might be better by then because they're obviously very, very small. Yeah. So maybe we'll have better guardrails, mm-hmm. so to speak. But my son, he's in it. So I'm trying to be very proactive and trying to 
protect that level of innocence from him while also understanding that there's already enough challenge and complexity with being a young teen, a young adolescent, trying to discover who you are. Mm -hmm. Like we've talked about in this conversation, I don't want it to be any harder. Mm -hmm. It's hard enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, nuance. That's like the theme. So I always take away from talking about these things. Everything is nuance. Nothing is what it actually seems to be when you start to go beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. You know, but you got to talk about these things. Otherwise, you don't learn. We don't learn. We don't grow. We can't do better. Right. Did you agree? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I just deleted mine. I mean, I'm not promoting mm -hmm. anything. I don't really do anything on it. And I just, you know, you need a mental break from it sometimes. Yeah. It's funny, too, sometimes that I hear that. One of my cousins, he said that to me, too. I think he was talking about Instagram. That's one of those things I don't, I get from, like, a cognitive standpoint in my mind. But I don't, I can't fully empathize with that mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm very separated from that stuff. Like, I only go there, for example, I predominantly only go there to post stuff about this. So if you look on my Instagram, if you look on my TikTok, it's about this. Mm-hmm. I don't care about what anybody else thinks online. Right. Because that to me, that's the purpose of that tool. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to share valuable information, not because I'm valuable per se, but the things that we discuss are very valuable because mm -hmm. it gives perspective. Yeah. But other than that, I don't, I don't, I'm not over here like, oh, I need to post shirtless pics and I need to <laughs> post like these clothes that I got or this car that I have. I don't feel the need to get that validation from these invisible people that I don't know. That's kind of was like every time I opened up Instagram, it was always somebody from school or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I went to a school with and it's like, I don't really care to see any right. of that. That's why I liked MySpace back in the day because we actually only used it with our friends, our actual friends. Actual yeah. friends. Like people like IRL as the kids say. They would be the people I know in real life. Mm -hmm. They're on my friends list. They're the ones that look at my page. We're the ones commenting on each other's stuff. Mm -hmm. But we, that's not exactly what we do now. Everything's, let me make another comment. Everything is for public consumption, but everything should not be for public consumption. I'm gonna say that again. Everything is for public consumption, mm -hmm. but everything should not be for public consumption. Do you understand what I mean by that? Yes. Tell me what so you think I said. Everything is for it, but it should not be for it. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. Well, how I took it was like people posting their bodies on social media. It should not be for that. That's an element of that. Sure. Mm -hmm. I to, to, to simplify, I would be talking about privacy because we live in this public era. We feel like. And when I say we, I'm really talking about the young people. Mm -hmm. I'm not including myself in this conversation. Mm -hmm. We feel like everything needs to be shared and we feel like everybody cares about what we want to share. And I think that that's false. That's why I brought up the comment earlier about my, one of my old clients mm -hmm. and reviewing her Instagram because she asked me to. Mm -hmm. Because I think we share stuff, you know, I understand the concept of sharing. I'm not anti-sharing. Mm -hmm. But everything doesn't need to be out there. If I'm going to share something, maybe I should ask myself why, who is this for? 
And then when you start talking about, again, relationships, I talk about that comment because I've heard it being taken different ways between men and women. I've heard when it comes to the woman's side, it's concepts of control and manipulation. My man said he don't want me to showcase this. Well, I'm a woman. I should be allowed to. Mm. Right? Which I agree. She should. But if she wants that man... I think she should respect his boundaries. Mm -hmm. And if he says, I don't like that, I think she should listen. If she wants that man. Mm -hmm. If you don't, do what you want. Yeah. I get that. Anything else I need to add to that? Or is that no, pretty straightforward? But what do you guys think? Do you think that that's fair or do you think that that's men being controlling as a woman when you first say it I, my brain instantly goes to why are you trying to control me mm -hmm. but, that's why i started with control yeah but when i sit there and i think about it then it's more of like and do i want to respect you or do i just want to do me and just mm -hmm. you know because at that point a man is pretty much giving you the ultimatum either you yeah so I mean, if I want to be with that man, social media isn't really anything to me, so it wouldn't be a problem for me. Yeah. I think uh, of it as if, if I wouldn't want you doing that, so there I you go. <laughs> there you go. Mm -hmm. So I always try to think about what's fair. Mm -hmm. Is it fair for a woman to have boundaries? Absolutely. Yeah. Is it fair for a man to have boundaries? I hope that the answer is absolutely. So if he says that bothers me, I hope she would respect that and say, okay, why do you feel that way? You know, and then he goes into it. Well, because I feel like you're seeking out all this attention from these people that don't know you. And it makes me really uncomfortable because I worry that one day they may win. Mm -hmm. One day, one of these guys gets through to you because we had a disagreement about something. Then you start telling them some stuff like we talked about earlier that you start, you're supposed yeah. to tell me. Now you start developing an emotional connection with this person, mm -hmm. which kind of leaves me to the wind. And then it's like goes to like the grass is greener on the other side. There you go. It comes right back to that. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy, he wants to give me everything and he don't got no problem with what I'm doing. Right. Which may not be true, by the way. He might just be saying that just to get you. <laughs> right. Because again, most men are, we're territorial, we're protective. Mm -hmm. And that's not by accident nature yeah so it's just understanding that it doesn't mean again this either or it doesn't mean like women don't have autonomy of themselves you absolutely do and you should in your relationship and if you feel like you don't maybe you should leave mm -hmm. but i just wanted to provide context there i don't think that's necessarily that a man wants to control as i hope i've illustrated in my comments today i believe we only control ourselves yeah so control isn't even the word that I would use. Right. It's respect and boundaries. If you respect me, you will understand that I don't appreciate and I don't like that. Just like there might be some things that you don't like that I could do. And you lay those down as a boundary. Right. And if I violate said boundary, then you may not want to continue this relationship. Mm -hmm. I believe that that is fair. That is my take, though. Do you guys disagree? No. That's fair. Okay. Well, I'm getting at to the end now. 
<laughs> oh, this has been quite a discussion, which I really appreciate you all. Um, what I, I think I started with you, Maya, last time. So Ariana, I'll start with you. So what do you feel like is in the future for you? Um, However you want to take that. What I see in the future for me is um, continuing to work on myself, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I graduate schooling in July, so. Shout out to you. I just don't, but at the same time, it's a career, but I just don't see myself doing that. So I want to pursue other things like okay. real estate and, you know, I want to travel and okay. just live my 20s. So the best I can. So in the future, I see myself like not sitting in one spot, doing mm. other things, learning new things. Okay. Continuous growth and development. Mm -hmm. Heard. Heard. Yep. What about you, Maya? Well, I'm, I've got to my future goals where I'm at, where I'm at now. I'm graduating next week, start my dream job weeks after. Shout out to you, Maya. <laughs> and I am finally getting my own house. So I think right now, since we've had this discussion, is working on my relationship, being happy in my relationship. Love that. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Because mm -hmm. that's what it takes. You know, it absolutely can work. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I think the level of attention and commitment we put to our careers and our jobs, if we took a similar level to our relationship, we'd be equally as happy mm -hmm. and fulfilled. I use the word fulfillment more than happy because happiness is temporary. But fulfillment, you can maintain. You can maintain that for a lifetime if you work at that. Nice wording. So you don't have to be, you know, mm -hmm. emotions are like a roller coaster and a wave, right? So right. sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. Uh -huh. Nobody's happy 24-7, nobody's sad 24-7. But I can be fulfilled more often than not. Right. If I'm putting in the effort, if he's putting in the effort, if we're working on each other, if I'm working on myself, if he's working on himself creating like a shared vision you know that we have for our family for our future mm -hmm. making sure we both bought into the same thing mm -hmm. it's possible so it's awesome to hear that you're going to put in that effort <laughs> though because i think you can absolutely get what you want as long as you and him are willing to work at it i'm glad you brought me thank you <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm glad you all came man this is um i love to have these discussions again like i'm not a woman i don't know what it feels like yeah. I talk to a lot of women. I grew up around a lot of women, but that doesn't entitle me to speak for women. But I try to learn. I try to pay attention to and observe how you all are. What do you want? Right. How we're different. Mm -hmm. We are different. So our communication has to be a little different. It's also nice hearing from a guy's perspective, too, because sometimes yeah. when I try to get it from, from a guy, it's, not, it's like, I don't know, they're just shitting on him because they want to yeah. be with me. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's nice to actually hear from a guy's perspective. Thank you. I try to, not to speak for all men, but I know a lot of us want the same things, just like a lot of women want the mm -hmm. same things. Mm -hmm. And so every approach that we take, that we explain, that we express, has to be tailored to the individual. Mm -hmm. It has to be specific to you, to you, to me, to you. Right. But there are generalities that we can utilize that do apply to all of us. And so I hope that that's something that we all take away from today. Mm -hmm. I certainly have. And I appreciate you guys immensely for sharing everything that you have. And um, that to me is the purpose of why we're here. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we only learn from that which, which we are willing to put out there. And I have a really good feeling that a lot of people are going to learn from us. 
Yeah. So that's the purpose of why we're doing this. And so I hope that anybody that was listening or watching and appreciating this <laughs> to please comment, follow, subscribe, put all the all those good indications in there because we put in a lot of effort to engage in these discussions, things that you may not hear anywhere else. But it's very important to me because I really want us to work better together. I don't want us to be as distant maybe as we have been in the past or always think like we talked about earlier that the grass is always greener. I need to get out because he's no good. She's no good. Mm -hmm. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. We can do better. We must do better. And I'm challenging all of us to be better. So I'm going to sign off. So until next time, thank you all for listening and watching. Peace out. Thank you. <laughs>